I had an absolute blast with today's guest. We talked for four and a half hours. Uh, We talked about an hour or so before, and then we accidentally kept talking after because we didn't realize that you can only record up to three hours on GarageBand. So I have to make this short and sweet. I will do my plugs up front. Please, please, please subscribe if you have not and tell a friend. Share it. If you like it, share it. Uh, All the links to my social media will be in the episode summary. Uh, You can find the Instagram if you'd like to see photos of Nick. Uh, That is at Needs Improvement Pod on Instagram. Again, that will be in the show summary. Do you have two extra dollars laying around? You probably do. Consider supporting my Patreon. Uh, Currently, I still only have one patron. Mr. Robbie Sims, here's your acknowledgement because that's what I'll give you. For the low, low price of $2 a month, I will shout you out on this very prestigious podcast. As you will hear in this episode, we have one listener in Australia. Okay. Worldwide, baby. Um, Seriously, though, I I have so many more questions that I could have asked Nick. Um, I could talk to him forever. I I just, we're both talkers. We're both interested in the same things. And... um, I have multiple questions that I wanted to ask him that we just didn't get to. And you guys didn't even hear about uh, the the politics we talked uh, when it wasn't recording. I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. Um, it was fun. And I hope, as always, you enjoy it as much as I do. I left the sound effects off this episode. I got some mixed reviews. So let me know. Um on social media or at my gmail do you like the effects do you miss the effects how do you feel and without further ado here is nick i'm here uh and have been for an hour and 23 minutes already (laughs) with nick drer that's how you say it that's it yeah i don't think i've ever said it out loud before so i was nervous You you said it right from the beginning i also didn't ask you if you wanted to say your last name but yes i yeah. You know, promote yourself. Um, he is an ageless vampire. <laughs> I've because I truly had no idea how old you were before today, nor do I now. But I know it's older than I thought. And you have a seventeen-year-old. I do. Which I kind of just put you vaguely in my age category, which I suppose I could have a seventeen-year-old, but it'd be be kind of tough. It'd be tight. Uh, what else? Ageless Vampire, um, published author. Published author. Owner, no, not owner, CEO of Counselor Realty. Yep. What else? What else? What um, other uh, monikers do you have? Jackass. Um, Jackass, yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- you know, those are the things I go by. Uh, dad of three. Um you know, I've I've been lucky to be. You know, people th- say things. I even struggle to say CEO. Um, well, I might be in that. Might it, it, sometimes when I introduce myself, somebody's like, "Well, what do you do?" Um, <clears throat> I work for Council Realty. Well, what do you do there? Uh, I'm in ops. And they go, "You don't seem like an ops person." And I'm like, "Well," and then somebody will jump in and say, "He's the CEO." Um, I don't like it because it creates differentiation sometimes mm-hmm. in an unnecessary way. Um, and there's a time for titles too. 
um, speaker. Um, oh I've yeah, I didn't throw that. Lucky enough to be to 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 get on a couple of circuits and allow myself the opportunity to travel and meet people from around the country and around the world talking about real estate. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're a down to earth guy, but you have some impressive accomplishments. You know, and I appreciate that. I I think that. I think that sometimes we we see other people in the things that they do or the things that they've done and we compare them in that moment to where we believe we are where we want to be Mm -hmm. and I think for me I've been lucky Um, I I wouldn't say that I haven't worked hard there's been there there consequences to the amount of time that I've spent working or the amount of time that I haven't spent with my family or my friends or pursuing other things. And I'm, I'm happy to say that I've been lucky enough to align myself with some really good people and that because of that, I've had some opportunities to do things that I didn't expect to do, like when we wrote the book. Wow, that's not what I <laughs> was going to pick for you. No. Um, and then... The opposite end of the spectrum, it's probably the middle finger or something like that. Oh, yeah. I I have to say, neither of those are <laughs> emojis that I use very frequently. But I do... See, that's why this question is just great, because it says a lot about you, right? Like, you're a lovable jackass sort of man. See, I told yeah. you. You know? I, I think that the, the kissy face is to people in my life men and women people in my life in any one moment that you know i i love you like um i miss you you know friends of mine uh, again men and women um i have my daughters and we we text a lot or snap a lot because that's mm-hmm. where they are with what that's where they communicate my mom um i you know i i text my mom pretty frequently so uh, and then the middle fingers for everybody else. It's kind of funny sometimes, right? It's yeah. like somebody says something kind of funny or ridiculous and you just give them, you know, that. Um, I like to be, I like to be the way that people would see me in person too. So I, I use more swear words than I probably should more frequently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, see, I'm going to get us off course already. You... I've been aware of you and sort of orbiting in the same circles for, I don't know, a number of years. Uh, we have some some common friends. Uh, you know, the real estate world is small and even smaller when you get into the people who are actually involved with yes. the association. I think I spent most of those years having no clue what you really did. <laughs> Um, but always thinking you were sort of just like this fun guy that was like, I, I see you're wearing a Liberty shirt. Yep. Do I know what you do there? Absolutely not. I, I still don't. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to be uh, uh, an enigma, right? <laughs> if, if I have always said, if they, if, if they don't know what you do, how you do it, then they can't ever track it. So you can really do what you want. Um, yeah, no, I, I wanted to be... You know, in a in a in an industry um, that is filled with people that are asking you for something, as the 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 agent, there's a lot of um, ancillary services and a lot of people working in those ancillary services that want to do business with you. 
Um, I didn't want to call you on the phone and say, hey, let's grab coffee and, and talk about your business or talk about how I can better your business. I wanted to create a know me, like me, trust me relationship with people. Sometimes that ends up in us doing business together. Sometimes it ends us ends up in us being friends. Um, I found it's a, a lot better, although some people would argue that that maybe that that is a waste of time or maybe that wasn't the most efficient way to do business or isn't. Um, it's the best way for me to inter- engage with people. I don't know that my relationships are going to fit really well from the beginning. Um, I just like to go and say, what what can we learn from each other? Or what can we get, what can we jointly get out of this together? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it gets old being sold to, right? Yes. Uh, <coughs> and everyone, everyone is trying to sell to you. And especially... Um, you know, with YPN, there are so many uh, vendors who come to our events, who we see, and they just like, they want you so badly to use their thing. And it, it just gets exhausting because the thing is like, I could like having a conversation with you, but I also have an inspector I've been using for five years who I love. So like, sorry, or that really dr- drunk man at yes. the golf Yes. Thing. Like, sir. I'm not going to use you because you both got me drunk and got somehow possibly dangerously drunk (laughs) yourself. This man at this golf outing, we were at this event. He was an, he was the son of the man who owned the inspection company and he was taking a shot with every group that came through to take a shot. And by the time we circled back around, he was I mean annihilated drunk yeah, he was completely gone and then they're like here's our business card yeah. come use our business and no. it's like oh, uh, what's what's the business model you get shit face and do our inspections well and this isn't like a this is a nine hole uh, event <laughs> yeah. it's not an all day thing it's oh. meant to kind of be an opportunity to engage have a little bit of fun and, and, and a drink or two or a couple and then go home go work go yeah go do something else and excuse me you're gonna have to come yeah that's <laughs> he, fine he's it, but i think what what happened is is there's a fine line for me and i and i and i struggled with that line a little bit in that um i know that there are relationships that i have that um i never you know people people have hired me in the last few years as a consultant and talked a lot about monetizing my database um and whenever somebody says that i immediately go I don't think I'm in the right place. Um, I don't think of my database as a database. I think of it as a list of friends and and family, people that I want to spend time around. And do they want to spend time around me? Um, I don't. I, I loved real estate. I hated selling. Not the real estate, but the people. I didn't. I want you to understand the value I'm bringing without me having to sell you on it. And I think I was given. Um, a wide berth of opportunity to make that happen yeah. and, and to be in a situation that wasn't entirely uh, systematized or, 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 or for efficiency or for monetization. It just gave me an opportunity to really connect with people. Yeah. That's kind of the dream for people like us who enjoy connecting with people. So as a, published author yes. i have to confess that i have not read your book but i 
am very aware of it and have thought about it many times. Is there an audiobook? I don't like yes. reading books with my eyes. Is yes. the problem. We we that was uh, that's the most popular version for for us, and we knew that going in that we would um, we would have to we it'd have to be available via uh, Audible because real estate agents are on the move and that was our target audience and get them in the car get them while they're on trips or traveling and they they're listening get them while they're on the treadmill um so yeah we 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 recorded the even before we fully launched we recorded the audible as well is it you guys reading it's uh it's one of our co-authors marshall saunders and he's got a much better voice than than either of brandon (laughs) or i he's got this kind of like this 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 older style kind of his cadence is is calming but at the same time it's not putting people to sleep so um we really liked it and and i was glad that he's the one that recorded it well i'm going to use one of my audible credits to download it today yes uh but as a published author what would the title of your autobiography be that's a great question make a mess make a mess i like that I, I I think that for me, I always, I think a lot of us are trained to grow up and believe that there is this, you know, kind of step A, step B, step three, one, two, three, however, and that that's the way that it works. And that made me feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to really be good working for other people. And so uh, I got my first job. Um, right as I was finishing college and I got laid off, uh, 14 months later, I did everything I was supposed to do. I've taken all of the necessary steps that people told me this would equate happiness. And I'm sitting there the night that I'm laid off. I am six months into my marriage. My wife is now, um, four or five months pregnant and I have no job. And I felt betrayed by myself for not trusting in the fact that I knew that what I was told was going to happen wasn't going to be the outcome because that's not how life works for most mm-hmm. of us. Some people maybe, but I think for most of us, we kind of get messy, you know? So I bought a company or I, I was a part of a partnership in high school or in high school, in college um, with a couple of friends where we were doing some debt collection and some trading of debt, um, which was way out of our league at that time Mm -hmm. but get messy jump in and you know invest in who you are and be passionate about what you believe that you're capable of but it's going to get messy things never ever work the way that we think they're going to work and so if you get messy and you're okay with getting messy the result is i think you can create a really great life because you're allowed to determine what really matters to you and what you really want to accomplish I love that. And not only because uh, I really relate to that, but because I think it's something that a lot of people really relate to. And yet it's still the narrative that's pushed to young people, right? You have a 17 year old and it's like, okay, well, you're going to go to college. You're going to spend so much money going to college and then you're going to get out and you're going to get a great job. I went to college. I spent so much money going to college. I went to a good college and I got out and I did not want to work for somebody else. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I delivered food 
I delivered sandwiches specifically. I later moved on to delivering pizzas. And I did that on and off for years because you can make decent money for a young person and no one really tells you what to do. And if you want to leave and go backpack in Southeast Asia for six months, okay, bye. Your your job's always there when you get... I think my job's still there. Yes. Like, if I leave today, I could go deliver pizzas. I, I would never... No. I don't want to. We we all graduate to something else at some point. Even if it was great, we're like, no, not anymore. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way about for me about selling real estate. But I think I think what's you know, what's the core point that I think both of us feel is that we're told that if you do all the things you're supposed to do and you do them consistently, that that will you will arrive at some level of of happiness. And I think what I really do find is that there's black and white and the people that live in black and white they we need them i need somebody that really likes to sit down and crunch numbers i need people that want to go to be a doctor or um, we need people that that have the 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 desire to follow all the rules and do all the right things and then we have this other sect of our of our society or of our country that says I don't want to follow those rules. I'm sick of being told what to do, when to be someplace, how to be. I wanted to be able to do, I wanted to be able to, to, to create something that was mine. Now, I don't necessarily know that I always achieved that. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain in that. And by pain, I don't mean, um, I mean, I mean, physical pain and emotional pain, uh, uh, just the pain in the ass of, of you being the only person that is responsible for you. But once you find the sweet spot, what you have is you have the ability to go backpacking. You could you could pack up today and you could leave mm-hmm. and and you could go somewhere and you could find a way to set your business up. I just think being caught um, in having a job or a career and I'm using air quotes that no one can see. Mm-hmm. But when you have something like that, you believe that you have accomplished something and yet you get to 45 55 65 years old 65 yes i mean that's it ladies and gentlemen i am six no um i'm only 41 and i say only because it makes me feel better about it (laughs) it doesn't always feel good to say you're 41 um age is weird age 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 scared me a little bit yeah i think it is scary and it's not because i'm afraid about the the looks um I'm losing my hair and I know it. I'm slightly concerned or maybe a tad bit upset. Um, but really what I think I'm the most concerned with is the time I have to leave an impact on the people mm-hmm. around me. And I now realize that some of the things that I have accomplished have been great. And yet I can't judge where I'm at due to those. It's It feels like I'm constantly judging myself and not in always a great way about what I haven't been able to accomplish or what I haven't done yet. Or when I see somebody that's living a really compelling life and I go, Ooh, a tweak here or a tweak there may have resulted in me being able to manifest even more of what I really want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get caught up in a lot of that too. Um, and I think that the switch maybe that you're alluding to is what I'm feeling. I am 32 um, and I do not have children, which I, I understand that saying you're 32 is not 
old, but it is old when you're 32 and you don't have children because there is a biological clock if you do want to have children <laughs> that really, I mean, unless you want to invest a lot of money in, uh, in making it happen, right. you know, it, it, so there is, I am, I am hitting a, a deadline of sorts of like, okay, you've got to really think about how this is going to play out. So, but what I am thinking is that I used to see these people's lives and think, oh yeah, if I just do this a little bit different and I'm realizing like, I'm kind of running out of time for that. Like I'm kind of in the groove of, well, no, this is, this is, you don't have infinite time to like, you're not going to go to law school and become a lawyer. Like you, you, you gotta like, probably have a baby and like figure out what you are going to do about that certain things are being taken off the table right yeah and and even other i mean even physical things that i've said that i wanted to do that now i go it's going to be significantly harder for me to achieve that outcome and because of that reasoning i think that there is a time in our life where it's no longer about how we look it's no longer about you know uh it's no longer about perception by the people around us I think achieving a certain level of, of enlightenment is understanding the time in your life that you're, you're where you are. The good news I think about, about having a baby is that, or, or having children or, or that, that it seems as if we're getting, we are getting older because we are living a longer and mm-hmm. now in this kind of generation, but you're right. I mean, what is your time frame? How do I do it and how do I make it make sense? And how do then I, I put that in? I didn't have to make that conversation. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I, my wife got pregnant on our honeymoon. Um, and so I don't know how that happens, um, <laughs> but she did. And so she came home and unlike where you are, she came home one day and I was watching, it was later in the evening. I was watching the twins game sitting on the couch and she comes out of the bathroom with the stick and mm-hmm. says, I'm pregnant. And I was like, Oh, uh, we shut the, the, the TV off and we sat there in silence for a long time. <laughs> and in that moment, it felt like my life was forever, n- not even not forever changed because it was, but that it was never going to be what I thought it was wanted it to be. Because mm-hmm. my envision, I envisioned what most, meh, I don't know, maybe not. I, I envisioned traveling before we had kids. I envisioned and know doing things that I hadn't done finding hobbies that I had not yet found and now I have this this child who needs something from me always um like most people I'm not going to be cliche and say well you know I'd never change it um I probably would have changed it even if my girls listen to this podcast yeah I love that's them, scary but I probably would have changed it because I would have had kids one day I think maybe yeah. maybe I wouldn't have had children Um, but now I tell my girls, enjoy the freedom that you have, that you think you, you, you're not connected to today, but you'll be connected to at a point in your life where you look back and say, I love my children. Mm -hmm. I love my spouse. I love my life. And it's okay to also say, had I taken a different track, this could have been different. Would I have been more happy or less happy? I don't know. But to just automatically assume sometimes that, oh my God, I wouldn't have changed my life. I had to fail a lot in with my children around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time at work because I thought that that's 
I thought that that's what we should do, yeah. right? I got to work a lot because I have to provide for them. And I want them to see me as, you know, this is what I want them to see this. And I didn't, that's not what I'd want them to see now. Now that I'm a little older and a little more wise with my time, with who I am and the things that I want, I would want them to see me enjoying life more and doing more hobbies and creating more experiences for myself. Then daddy's going to leave every, you know, Saturday and Sunday, you know, at 10 o'clock to do a four hour open house. And then I'm going to go and not that that's bad in our business because that's part of it, but I would have taken more control of it at this age in my life and probably been able to be a more present father Mm -hmm. um, or dad and, I, but I did specify things. So I, 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 you know, we, you and I talked before we went on the, on, on the air with this or before we started recording. And I think that I've learned, if anything, that I don't judge anybody's situation. I don't yeah. judge their success or their failure. I try to determine how, what kind of person they are, how they treat people and what they want. Those are the people that I spend the most time around and the people I enjoy the most because they're connected to who they really are and what they really want. And they're not trying to attain something that, that, that yeah. it, it seems more genuine and real instead of just chasing something else. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, my aunt, if you listen to that podcast, cause he is a listener people. I am a listener. Uh, we, uh, it's always like the sort of like spiritual, thing when I go out there because she just sort of like talks to me and and tells me all these things about life and marriage and kids and she's just like you know there there is no one way and I think that it's like really hard to accept that but it's true I mean I went to college I made a career for myself I got married I have a house and guess what I'm 32 and it is entirely possible that I could try to have a child and, and I'm almost 33. I mean, this is like <laughs> a 32. I'm really, I'm really holding on to that hard. Like there, there would not be a baby popping out of me before I was 34 minimally, yes. but I could, I could absolutely have missed my window for that yeah. because there isn't a right way. Right. So, and maybe I pay a doctor a, a kajillion dollars, but that's like its own thing. Whereas if you have a kid when you're 20, that's also its own challenge. I mean, it's just, and you probably have infinitely more energy when you're 20 to, I mean, I'm tired already. I'm, I'm tired. That might be the, the best benefit of, of having my first child as a, an unplanned pregnancy is that, um, I probably would have in, in choice, we, or me, even if, even if my wife hadn't, it, I can't get pregnant alone, obviously. Sure. So I can't get pregnant at all, to well, be fair. Yeah. Um, but, but in that moment, I'm not sure that we would have chosen when we would have chosen. I, I wasn't ready. I wanted to go to Europe. I wanted to go to Thailand. I wanted to go to the Philippines. I wanted to go to Africa. I, I wanted to see things. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I think that what I got was, I'm going to be a dad and, and okay, that means there's some changes, but I was, I was still running around. It's just in the last couple of years that I've finally been like, yeah, I'm, I'm not as energetic as I used to be. And I, I could use a nap. You know, I, I'm, I'm falling into that dad mode where if I sit down in anything for more than like 15 minutes, I'm definitely falling asleep. Yeah. My husband already does that. So (laughs) I, 
Also, I have to comment on this because my husband is uh, also a listener. He really enjoys this podcast, which you would think he would hear plenty of me talking. Right. But he seems to enjoy it more from afar. Uh, the chunky sweater you have on today. My husband, um, as I've said on this podcast, I love him to death. He He's gained a little weight in the last few years. And recently, he has really been leaning into a chunky sweater. Yes. He, he is this... Is this a thing? Yes. You grow a beard and yes. you get a chunky sweater and that's Yes. It's 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 so great. I've never really done the chunky sweater and the sport coat before, ever. Because it always made me feel even bigger. Um and now it's the greatest thing in the world. Two reasons. One, I don't have to iron the undershirt or the mm. under, you know, if I'm wearing like a sweater over a, a button up shirt, I don't have to iron it. So there's some time saving there. So typically, if you see me with a chunky sweater on and a button up shirt, it's because I didn't want to iron. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've kind of leaned into this now because I'm like, well, is it distinguished? Um, no, it's just comfortable. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and I'm like, eh, I like it. However, it's because it's cold in the summer. I can't do, I can't, I'm going to have to not, I, there's nothing to hide it. I get to wear like a thin fabric polo yeah. if I'm trying to be lazy that day. And so, uh, I, I'm usually about getting into my fitness about now. I lost so much weight last year and then you I were, added, you were looking svelte. Thank for a you. While. And then I, like most things I, you know, you're like, yay. And I'm committed to it. I was doing an intermittent fasting, which I think is incredible. I found more energy. I found more clarity, more, more, you know, I was, I was definitely in the zone. Um, and then some things happened in life and my, my wife broke her, her leg in October. And, um, I didn't necessarily realize all the things that she did naturally for me or for our family. And so then I was stuck like, okay, I guess we're eating out tonight. We're going to order in food. We're going to, and I was eating more and not the necessarily the good stuff. And we were eating at different times of the day as a family and sometimes not as a family. And so it was uh, sticking to a regimen can be very difficult. And and I'm sad about it, but I'm not I'm trying not to, like, make myself feel bad about that. I lost 35 pounds and I've gained 19 of it back. Um, you know, we'll we'll see where the, the spring takes me. And, and um, but it's it's interesting. I have three different levels of of clothes in my in my in my <laughs> closet i've got the skinny this is feeling really good and i'm gonna wear these tighter pants and these tighter shirts then i have the maybe i haven't been feeling quite that way but i'm still feeling pretty good and then i have the stuff that says you've given up and you're gonna go back to and my pants vary in size from you know from about four different sizes at any given time i'll have four different sizes of pants dress pants jeans in my closet yeah this I am I am peak fatness right now, um, and this is truly the only pair of jeans I feel comfortable <laughs> in at this point. It is like it's it's really gotten down to one, but I've been doing so much work on the house that I get away with just like wearing like stretch pants and yoga pants and like oh yeah I'm, I'm painting I gotta, I'm, I'm not gonna get painting, but like yeah it's it's gotten bad. So I I've been thinking about some intermittent fasting myself. So. I sought out a dietitian mm -hmm. um, who specialized in men over 40, and he um, he said a lot of things that he said the medical community and other fitness uh, experts would maybe not agree with, um, 
I don't think anybody denies this. We eat too much. Mm-hmm. It, it's we, we we live in an abundant society where there's food present always, and food is not just food. Food is socialization. Food is commonality. Food is experience, mm-hmm. and so. Um, we get so tied into it that when I was intermittent fasting, it was funny to me after the first couple of weeks that I wasn't hungry. I was drinking water, uh, uh, you know, about three liters a day. And, uh, and that, that was fine. That was almost sometimes hard to get into my body, but I know my metabolism and I know that it's slowed down. And I know that, um, stopping by to pick up, um, you know, McDonald's double quarter pounder with cheese, large fry and a large Coke. That's not going to be good for me. But it tastes so good right in that moment, you know, and you're like, so it's, it's kind of actually something I've spent a lot of time thinking about is this, this idea behind delayed gratification and that we're so used to getting what we want when we want it, that we don't even actually enjoy it. And most of the time that's bad for us, right? That we're, we're doing things just because we can. And so I've thought about like, you know, this idea of do the opposite Mm -hmm. of everything that I'm typically thinking about is that in order to achieve the goals that I want to achieve or have talked about achieving or thought about achieving I have to sometimes take the the harder way to get there instead of just accepting of you know doing the opposite this is easy and it provides me exactly what I want in that moment but it definitely it definitely changes my long-term outcome of what I want because it's putting me further behind where if I say I really don't want to go to the gym this morning and then I said, just do the opposite. I know that I want to stay in bed longer. I know that I, I love being warm and, and cozy. And But if I get out of bed, the minute my feet touch the ground, I'm feeling different already. And I'm moving to that, right? And if I don't want to, you know, do the core components of our, of our job, whatever that is for anybody, if I just say, these are the things that I'm definitely going to do, and I'm going to do them every single day, almost to the degree where I don't have a say. I'm just doing them because then I can have some of the things, the the freedom to do some of the things I really do want to do because then I don't feel guilty about saying, I know that I've been committed to this for the last four weeks and it's a Friday. I'm just going to, I'm not going into work today. I'm not going into the office. I'll field phone calls if they come in, but I'm going to go grab a good book or go for a hike or hide myself in a movie theater or God forbid, maybe meet a couple of friends for cocktails at noon. And I'm okay with it because if I'm disciplined more often than I'm not, then I feel like I've earned my own, I've earned my own pass Yeah. instead of feeling guilty about not doing the things Mm -hmm. and then doing them and then feeling guilty about. So let's say I spent half the week, you know, kind of putzing around, not doing it. It gets to Friday and I'm like, well, all my friends are going to go do this. Uh, but I haven't really done what I needed to this week. And then I go do it anyways with my friends. I'm, the whole time I'm, I'm, I'm lamenting that I didn't do the things that needed to get mm-hmm. done. Where if I just focus on doing the things that need to be done when they need to be done, I'm not as upset when I say I'm going to leave early or I'm not going in on a Friday or, you know, or if I'm having a really bad day, I can leave, right? Go see a movie, go uh, get a massage, go hide by yourself somewhere and just, just try to fill up that tank again realizing that it's okay to be off i think that that is something that's lacking for a lot of people um i think about that a lot actually like um there are things i talk about too much on this show uh 
I think I talk about going to the gym that I love too much. I think I talk about how much I hate Joe Rogan too much. <laughs> um, there's a few others. So I'm going to talk about the gym. Maybe I'll get to Joe Rogan later. Uh, every morning, well, not every morning, because I usually go at 11, so I forewent. Oh, shit. I f- oh, damn it. <laughs> damn it. This is an on-air. Uh, I forgot that I told my husband I would go with him at 3.30 since I wasn't going at 11. I had had a few drinks when I committed to that. <laughs> so I'm actually going to the gym at 3.30 today. See? Uh, yeah, I'm thrilled. Thrilled. Um, so, god damn, I forgot about that. Uh, 3.30. Whew. But pretty much every day I get up and I get my ass destroyed. Like, like it is so hard. And there are moments where I'm just like, ah, God, I cannot, I don't know if I can do this today. And that's every day. And I have that experience in lots of other ways, but I think like just minimally, I, every day I'm like being broken down and going through an insane challenge. And there are people who literally never do that. No, never. They go, they get up, they go to work, they go home. That's it. They, they, uh, they never work for something. They and I am not saying they don't work, but they no, never challenge themselves. No. And and so and how do you like the flip side of that is that you feel this gratification of like working for something yes. of of and so what like how does it feel when there's just no gravity and you're just kind of like floating through life and you're not challenging yourself? It seems really sad to me. I think that I think that there are people that in in life i think there are people that we meet people ourselves friends and family is some people are so fearful of that moment of discomfort right that i know today when i get up and i'm going to go work out that i'm going to be uncomfortable and i'm going to be around 40 other uncomfortable people sweating groaning and really for that moment lamenting being there and then they and then they don't then you get up you you get off up the mat you wash yourself off and you leave there and there's this sense of accomplishment, right? It's mm-hmm. like something as stupid as, as somebody said, make your bed first thing in the morning. I hate it. But when I do it, I can automatically check something off. I made the bed. What's next, right? And compiling micro habits of, of, of winning for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Those moments of I won this um, because I did the work that was necessary. It's it's the same in everything. I, I always tell people, because I, I've been able to go and speak in front of people or had the ability that I have friends and family that say, oh, I would hate that. It would makes, it makes me sick to think about getting up in front of people and talking or makes me feel sick. What do you talk about? And I said, everybody has the same feelings. Everybody, you know, most of the time when I'm on stage, I believe that half the, half the, the audience is just grateful that they're not on stage. Um, and the other half of the audience is probably checking their phone or something anyways so it's i think those moments of feeling uncomfortable or or creating discomfort for yourself it 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 makes you it 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 allows you something bigger it allows you to have better conversations with people and to experience life through their wins and losses but also to then say to yourself what's next for me because i'm never going to just be i I'm, i'm i wasn't built to stand still And so, you know, let's do hot yoga, even though I'm a 245 pound gentleman and yoga seems uncomfortable because I'm not comfortable with the way I look and I don't, you know, but then you get in there and you see people that 
um, are like you, not better, not worse, but just like you. And you go, okay, this, this isn't about anybody else. It's about me mm-hmm. and about creating those things in my life that I really want, because it's easy to fall. It's easy to fall behind your own, behind the things that you want to do and say, well, I didn't do that because, because whatever the because is, you know, they say reasons are results. And I kind of hate that sometimes. But the reality is, is what do you really want to accomplish in the amount of time you have? If you know you're going to have 70 years and I'm 41 right now, that means I have 29 years to do something that, that, and I don't want to be cliche and say, leave a legacy. I'm I'm not trying to be that uh, arrogant about, about who I am, Mm -hmm. except to leave a legacy in the lives of the people that I've spent time with and my, my, my family. Um, because because there is opposite, there is different ways to live a great life. It's not just what we see or what we hear from college or, or not college. Once you finally start to really realize that, I think that the world opens up and you can do some great, like right now my, my like thought is, is I really want to open a, like a, I want to have like a small bar. Um, I don't want it to be this crazy. I want this really, yeah, like just really basic and almost cliche in that. I want it just to be a place where people can come and, and, uh, play cribbage and watch, uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, whatever's on the TV, listen to the jukebox and find a place that feels comfortable and welcoming and, and something you know now it's probably for me realistically it's not something i want to do now um but it is something where i would love that like at the you know closer to the end of my my career or even the end of my life where i could just make people's lives a little bit better by having some conversations with Mm -hmm. them over cocktails or over you know a beer and and that that's that little impact that those people might feel like they found something with somebody that i like that idea for you i think that fits awesome i i i'd go see we could be fun i'd absolutely go yeah i i agree i'm we already we talked for a lot before we turned these on about like i i'm definitely having like changing like what do i want to do do i just want to sell a bunch of houses every year like no i don't i love selling houses and if any of my clients are listening to this i really do need you to keep buying houses (laughs) that is how i keep the lights on (laughs) But, like, I want to do other things, you know? Because, yes. uh, yeah, it's short. Life is short. What? I'm going to sell 50 houses a year for the next 30 years and then... Then die? Then die. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I saw a bunch of houses. I, yeah. I made a bunch of money. Like, And I never did anything else. Yeah. And I wish I could go back and do something else. Like, yeah. do a podcast because I really like the idea yeah. of it. Or go travel. Uh, turn, flip houses. Um I think the one thing Those that we get lied to in real estate or in our industry in general is real estate offers you time and money. And the first things that it takes from you is time and money. <laughs> and so what we do is we end up working 10, 12, 14 hours a day to your clients that are listening or anybody who's ever worked with me. I love what I do. I loved helping people buy and sell homes. I love being a part of the process. And it stole a lot of energy from me for the other things in my life until I said, I want to do real estate between these hours. Not that I want to tell somebody else what, what mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to help you right now because it's outside of those hours. But the sacrifices that I'm going to make, 
this is what I'm going to work so I can do these other things as well. I can coach my children in sports. I can go on vacations and not just, you know, just to get away, but vacations that are planned that have experiences in mind Mm -hmm. that I can, you know, um, honestly, I love the little things like, um, I, uh, learning how to play cribbage has been, and it sounds so old, but it's so much fun. And, and just those little things that it's, um, I want to spend time doing things that I like because at the end of the day, we all know that the the money doesn't matter. It's Mm -hmm. not going to matter. And our whole society works on this idea that if you work more, that one day you will be happy. Well, okay. So you and I both went to high school. We went to college. Um, and then what? Okay. So now let's get a job or what is that job? Is it in the field that I studied? Is it, is it tracking? And then there's all this stress. So to your point, you could have had kids 12 years ago, right? You could have, yeah. you could have been 20 or in your early 20s. Um, and that would have been, but then it seems like life accelerates, right? All of a sudden you're like, I'm 32, I'm almost 33. But I would guess knowing you and some of the conversations we've had, that what you've actually created in that 12 years is a really good life mm-hmm. surrounded by some really great people. And maybe you still have some things that you want to do or some misgivings about things you didn't do. And yet you're still at a really great place because nothing has ruined you. Your personality is gregarious and you're affable. You have this energy that people feel around you. In in I think that that's the sort of thing that you can say you've created something that makes you the person that you want to be. This has allowed you to do that and you're not going to allow it to steal it from you. Just the amount of time that you need to do the things you need to do, help the people you need to help, but still be able to really dig into who Erica is. I like that. Do you believe in astrology? Yes. Okay. We are 44 minutes in and I have asked you two icebreaker questions, but maybe this is my new icebreaker question. Do you believe in astrology? Because I don't know if I do. Okay. Previously, I felt not really. Although I think we all kind of go like, oh, I am really a classic Taurus, you know. Uh, But when I was in Denver, I got my astrology chart done yes with my friend and you know they do like the exact time of your birth and blah 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 and i i like can't stop thinking about it i have it up on the fridge at my house because this woman who i'd never met just told me exactly the person that i am very specifically this was not like i i i feel like if you're skeptical i i had no prior contact with this woman she i sat down and she told me very specific traits about myself um that are very unique to me and then i watched her do the same thing to my friend with very different specific traits and it it really um i like I've thought so much about this and, and really she said a lot of sort of what you are saying, like you are sort of a spiritual guide for other people and you, um, you're not afraid of the dark places. So you are just very emotionally intense and you can help people. And that's sort of like your path in life. And she was telling me, she's telling me all these things and she's like, you, you're supposed to be doing something. You're supposed to be doing something with technology. You're supposed to be doing something that creates a community for other people. You're supposed to be doing something that helps guide people. And I'm like, hi, lady, my plate is so fucking full. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. Also, I'm like hugely 
I'm a empath. And so it's very exhausting for me to like, and she's like, well, maybe something. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, well, do you do any, do you like do a kickball league or do you, she's trying to, f- and then I'm like, no, I don't do anything like what you are describing. And then my friend who was sitting there was like, well, you do have a podcast called needs improvement where you talk to people about real emotional things. And I was like, oh yeah, I get Ah, technology yeah i guess (laughs) that is all of those things that you were talking about yeah so i don't know i but still i think it's kind of silly right so what's your sign then i am a taurus okay um and here here's what i can't get over okay yes you told me lots of things that seem very specific to me but does that mean that everyone else who was born right around 6.23 a.m. at the University of Minnesota Hospital <laughs> on the same day as me is has the same characteristics? That's what that's what really I can't wrap my mind around. So uh, like you, I, I there's there's a um, there's a novelty in the idea. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, and then you start to align some of the fits. I'm a Libra. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a late Libra. So I'm late into October. The literally, it's the next day or the ne- the following day that it, it changes, and um, I'm I'm truthfully the embodiment of Libra. Mm-hmm. I really am. I am uh, a seeker of balance and of of um, uh, you know between people, between events, between I have a really high out you know sense of of um, an extrovert, but I have a an absolute need to be an introvert with um, my will, you know, want to read with my, so there, there's some, there's some conflicts in it, but I do think that, that there's some consistency with the rest of the world to believe that there's no connection to anything else that our birth in and of itself is an event. And that event doesn't have an impact or we're not impacted by that. It's probably something we don't know yet, but yeah, I think that there's some benefit, and and I think that personalities. I I don't usually use the astrological uh, uh, um, signs in order to determine um, what people are, but I definitely can tell what most people need. And you're probably the same way. Is that you're reading them from the beginning. You're 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 garnering something from their personality and your personality and how you fit with them and how they fit with you and how you can be of service to them. And not service always isn't like, oh, I mean, you're going to help you buy or sell, mm-hmm. but service and, you know, like, um, like, yeah, I got my coffee this morning and the woman who I went in because the drive-thru was iced up and we're in Minnesota. So, um, and I went in and the woman just seemed really sad and, you know, I, I just made an extra effort to say, how are you doing today? And to look her in her eye and, and then to really kind of not, not inauthentically thank her, but to very authentically say, Hey, you know what? Thank you so much. You made my day better because I get what I need in my coffee. And because you, you've reminded me of a few things for me, be happier, choose happiness, uh, uh, be about that around people. And, and when I left there, she was genuinely, her position for the day had changed. Even if it was that moment, you could tell that there was a, there was something that she went, okay, this job doesn't always suck because sometimes people aren't rude. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people who are just getting a 99 cent coffee, um, you know, 
want more from me or are willing to give more to me than just that interaction that I that we could get from a, a coffee machine in an office yeah I I try to think about things that people do that really make my day better um, and then do those even when it's uh, this morning, I, I was also a saint, much like yourself. Uh, I was driving here. I don't think anyone will be surprised to know that I was running late. And um, whenever I'm running late, I mean, it's it's a mental disease, truly. Uh, because, because I'm like looking at the GPS timer. Yes. I'm like, okay, well, it says 10.02, but who? maybe I can, shave if I can off. really like yeah. shave off because that's going to make all the difference to Nick. If I walk in that door two minutes earlier, it's really going to be like a whole different world. And so I'm like, you know, okay, the light. And this woman was um, coming out of a parking ramp in downtown and uh, no one was letting her in. No. And I didn't want to let her in because I was like, uh-huh. I got to yes. <laughs> shave that minute. That's, that's two more minutes, and, 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 and that's going to impact me being able to get there, and then yeah. that's going to... But I didn't. So I just stopped, no. and I let her go. And, like, who knows? Maybe she doesn't care. But maybe that was just, like, the one thing that was, like, oh, at least yes. there is, like, some humanity yes. that this person let me in. And it it didn't impact me. It really didn't. And, like, it's just... I try to do things like that where I'm, like, okay, just... Like, do do just, something nice for someone else, even if it, yeah. or like, you know, tipping. Like, sometimes, I, and I'm always a generous tipper, but, like, Same. sometimes I'm literally like, okay, well, should I round up to another dollar? Or, you know, like, and you're just <laughs> like, yeah, give them another fucking dollar because it's literally nothing to you. Yes. But it does add up to Absolutely. that person who's Absolutely. doing that all day. I try, I tip, I tip like that. I tip all the time. I try to take moments in the day to be better because then there are also moments in the day where I'm not better. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, where I, where I want to rage about something that in, in retrospect, I, it wasn't that big of a deal, but there are moments where I'm like, you know, I, 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 I wish that I could, I wish I could put my hands on the person or, or that I, you know, and I try to remember that everybody's dealing with something. Sometimes people are just asses mm-hmm. and they're just, and, and those people, I don't want to judge my life and my connection with people based on them. And, but there's, I, there's also the allowance of having the, the, the bad moment, right? So what I think I try to do is offset everything in my life by working in balance. And that is sometimes I'm not going to be the person I want to be. And sometimes I'm going to have to go and be more of the person that I want to be. So when I'm kind to, um, wait staff, right. Um, I'm never, I'm never ever, ever mean to wait staff because they, they have very little control of it. And, um, I find that when, whenever people are on the, on the, you know, the, the, the job rung, the people that are at the, the, the perceived bottom, whatever that is, service workers tend to get picked on or, or, or really beaten up because we believe, or certain people believe that these people are somehow expendable, that mm-hmm. I can talk to you any way I want because you're a server or because you work at a convenience store or because, you know, whatever reason, it's a sense of entitlement from people. I don't want that to be me. I want people to that that maybe haven't achieved what they wanted to achieve yet, not automatically assume because I'm a forty something white male that I'm just believe that I can just be a jackass because mm-hmm. I've I've somehow earned this. I want people to believe that everybody can be good and that people around them have a good time and so if I leave you better than I found you, 
that's my that's hopefully my commitment to the world is that I'm leaving you better than I found you that I'm making the people in my life believe that they're you know they can achieve what they want to achieve um, I find what's funny is some of the people I have found that I've I've uh, brought into the real estate industry mm-hmm. are people who wouldn't have assumed that they could have done this and yet they're some of the most successful entrepreneurs because they automatically made me feel better about who I was about who you know I had a gentleman one time um, worked at a cell phone store Um, the company that he worked for had screwed up really really bad on my account and um, that was about a year prior year and a half prior I went in to upgrade one of my phones and every place I went all the corporate stores all said yeah you have a block in your account because you have you have some debt that's on there Mm -hmm. When in reality, um, it was the company's fault and it was something that they, and I kept telling people, that's not mine. Well, you're going to have to call this number. You're going to have to do this. You have to talk to this manager. After, you know, a few months, I just got sick of it and thought, well, when I need to upgrade, I'll take care of it or I'll move to a different company. And when I went to upgrade, I had to find this gentleman. I, or I, I walked into a few different stores, finally walked into this one and he goes, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to need to dig into this a little bit. Can you give me this and this and this, and I'll call you when I fix it. He didn't say if, he didn't say, you know, I can't help you. He dug in and did it. And I was, he calls me four hours later and he says, I got it fixed, man. Come by the store. I got the phone ready. We'll take it all. I got in the store and I was like, how long did it take you? He's like, it took me a couple hours to, to figure it all out, but we found it. And I, you know, upgraded to a manager and he, he went to all the necessary routes. Do you know how much he makes on a cell phone sale? About 50 bucks. I know real estate agents that don't put the amount of effort into selling homes that this gentleman took to selling a cell phone. And so I asked him, I said, well, you might be incredibly happy here. I'm guessing you have to work a lot of hours to make the money you want to make. Have you ever thought about doing anything else? And he goes, you know, and, and, and so he says, man, I'm a, I'm a black kid and I don't think people are going to want to buy homes from me. And I go, why? And he goes, because the area I live, people don't look as much like me. He goes, not that there aren't you know people of Mm -hmm. color in my community but he goes i don't i don't i said that's a limiting belief on yourself man i said you have this great presence about you and you helped me be able to upgrade a phone for one of my girls for christmas Mm -hmm. for fifty dollars and so he eventually got into the business i that day i went and got him a gift card for more money um because he had done something for me that nobody else was willing to do and time is important to me and I didn't have the time to spend four hours on the phone with a cell phone company with people who maybe weren't as committed to me. And he fixed it. Those are the sort of people I want to, that you never know when you're going to meet them and be amazed by their willingness to serve other people yeah. for $50. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like when you think about those times in your life where people have just gone above and beyond for you and how that has made you feel. And then it's like, how can I... Um, do that for other people you know how how can I in my own way give that person a you know in my line of work it it really is a customer service experience I recently put in a tile for a client in his condo which is something that (laughs) I should not have done probably but like he was this kid and I have so much I have a house full of tools and full of thin set and mortar and like (laughs) 
I can fucking tile. <laughs> and this kid had like this one missing tile. I represented both sides of the transaction. And my clients were like, that tile's always been missing. We have no idea where it is. And I was like, I'm going to buy you a tile and I'm going to come over and I'm going to put it into that sad little empty space in your condo. And that like he and his parents, his parents were involved. They're very sweet. Um, they were just blown away. They yeah. were, they were blown away. And like, yeah, it's not my job. It's not my job at all. And the amount that I get paid per hour, if you work it out is <laughs> not what everybody thinks it is. That's no, for sure. no, it's not, but it's just like, <laughs> it's worth it because that one interaction, even if I never get a referral out of it, like yep. that person is going to be like, man, when I bought my first house, my realtor was so nice. I had this missing tile. She didn't have to do anything about it and she lugged all this stuff over and put the tile in for me and it's like that's that's great and obviously yeah i have days where i'm short with people and i yell and i'm shitty and whatever but (laughs) like i do try i think we should all try to just have a moment of like can i make this person stay today and if i can and it's not that hard for me let me just do it and and i think that that's the key in 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 every relationship interaction right it's 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 the person at the coffee shop it's the person on the elevator it's the person okay so there is a place where i don't like to talk and, and i don't um i'm not super gregarious um airplanes oh. I, I i don't i i don't want um somebody once called it i think single serving friends i, I don't want to talk on airplanes number one i can barely hear people now that i'm over 40 and uh, i don't like that um, and so people are sometimes strange about it. Um, I was on a plane just flying back from New York last week from a conference and, um, this woman, younger woman, um, was, was in the, in the aisle seat and I was on the window seat. There was no one in the middle and you weren't even in first. Oh, no, no. Wow. Oh, oh, well, it was, it was comfort. So well, it was a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but I, she, you could tell when I first sat down that she was immediately concerned that I was going to want to talk to her because she was younger and she was, she was attractive. Uh-huh. And, um, I got on the plane and I, I immediately put my earphones in and I kind of just tucked myself in for three hours. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know I got to be here and I just want to get through with it. And she, she at first didn't want to have anything to do with me. And then as I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to talk <laughs> at all. She was like, what is, what is wrong with him? He just, and so we got to the end and she goes, I, I have to ask you, like, did, did, did I look like I didn't want to talk? Did I? And I said, to be honest, I said, I, I didn't, I don't want to force anything. And in this moment, all I want to do is get to where we're going. We are only friends because we are on the same journey. But, and she's like, I, she had two legs. She, before this, and she was, she, she was stopping in Minneapolis for something and then on to the next. So I was her, I was on her third leg for the day. And she goes, on the previous two flights, she goes that men about your age wanted to talk to me the whole time. And I was like, Oh God, this is, this is embarrassing. <laughs> and I said, no, I, I said, you know, she even made kind of a weird comment about my sexual preferences because she was so, it was like, she didn't want me to talk to her. But then when I didn't talk to her, she was super concerned about it. So it was, it was very interesting to me, the interaction. And I was yeah. kind of laughing, getting off the plane, but I think I always want people to be, I think, I think I can do enough bad and I want to, I want the people around me. Um, I want them to really feel like 
in the moments we share that we're connected and that yeah. it's real. Now that doesn't mean it always works that way. Relationships change, people change. Um, but if you if if you put them first, no. Okay, so let me ask the let me ask the host the question. Yes. Do you believe that you always? <clears throat> okay, let me let me formulate the question. How do you treat the people closest to you on a, on a consistent basis? I like to think that I am always treating people how I would like to be treated. But I will say, um, I'm very empathetic, right? But that empathy only means that I can feel how I would feel in that situation. And there are certain spots where I... um, I'm not like a real human being. Uh, I, do, I don't get offended by things. I hang up on people on the phone a lot, uh, which I don't know if I've talked about on this podcast, but um, most of my friends know, like I will say something. I think our conversation has ended. And so I hang up and I've learned that other people <laughs> don't feel that our conversation has ended um, or I'll just hang up on people. Sometimes I, I it's, in my mind, because I'm like, we're done. We don't. Yeah. He, I've just saved you two minutes of going. Yes. Okay, we'll see you later. Yeah. Well, we should get together. Thing? Yeah, let's get. No, we're done. Yeah. We're done. Bye. Like, and sometimes, so sometimes I genuinely do it on accent. Sometimes I can still hear the person like their little voice talking as I'm like <laughs> <laughs> getting the click. But to me, it's not like. Um, it's it's not out of like rudeness right but then i'm also having to understand that there's things like that and other things that i do or maybe a way that i'm very direct that other people do find to be rude so while i feel like i am always treating people how i want to be treated that's not necessarily how they want to be treated so i do think i struggle with that particularly with my husband there's sometimes they'll tell me certain things like oh that really hurt my feelings i'm like what how huh you know and so i am trying to be better about not just treating everyone how i want to be treated treating them how they want to be treated i think i find for me that i i treat the people that are closest to me sometimes with a um i can be really good to people that are outside of that but sometimes the people that are the closest to me i tend to be the most real and sometimes if I'm really close to you mm-hmm. that my my frustration of the day comes out in a conversation that has nothing to do with you but I will be extra like um, direct mm-hmm. or extra um, like the, the, the conversation tends to be a bit more aggressive than I want it sure. and I catch myself doing this sometimes and that I'm like I'm frustrated about something else and somebody will bring something up and I will say, I know in my head that I'm just going to take off on something for no reason. And it's usually the people that are the closest to me that I end up challenging the most for the Mm -hmm. stupidest reasons. Like, why do you believe that? And and normally I would be like, oh, that's great for you to believe that. I kind of see it differently. In some cases I get caught up with the people that are closest to me in, 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 in trying to, um, I don't know, win an argument that's not actually there. Yeah, I think, and this might just be me being defensive, uh, 
towards myself because I do do some of those same things. But don't you think it's, I would say, if I were having this argument with someone else, it's because I care more. Like, I I care more about those people. So I do want to challenge them more on things that Mm -hmm. they believe. But people don't always want to be challenged. That's the thing, right? Is like, I'm seeing it through my lens. Sometimes people just want you to say like, oh, you had a bad day. I'm sorry. Or, you know, just give them comfort or let them be or not challenge them on something. I think this is a really great point for people, especially for for men. Um, I think that men sometimes want to fix something, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a problem and you come home and you talk to your husband about it, does he try to fix it? My husband, no. Uh, We... (laughs) See, I like that, though. <laughs> no, but, my, you know, my husband's my husband for a reason, because if we were both the same way, it, it wouldn't work, right? I try to fix things. So yeah. I'm like, so in, in certain relationships now, um, you know, with, with people in my life, I sometimes try to determine, is this a conversation in which you want me to interject an opportunity to solve it? Mm-hmm. Because then I'm also believing that I can solve everybody's yeah. problems, which isn't true. Sure. And also where I say, is this, a, is this just where something where you want to air out you know uh, frustrations yeah. you don't need me to fix it in fact real realistically i can't fix it yeah. so i think i've learned as i've gotten older to become more committed to just being what that person in the moment needs mm-hmm. and stop trying to project but sometimes it, I, I catch myself like no you're, you're, you're wrong that's not the way that it really works and you should be doing it like this and oh yeah. by the way you have a limited amount of time to you know achieve the things you want to achieve so why aren't you working harder towards that like i thought you wanted this well, who am I to say? You didn't, you didn't, we're not friends because you wanted me to be your business coach or your life coach. Yeah. You just wanted me to be there. And sometimes you just have to, I think sometimes you have to tell people that shit and mm-hmm. you're living in that and that's not, you know, that's not going to end or ever work out. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we all know where we are. We all know we want to get better. And me reinforcing that from my perspective probably isn't necessarily any more helpful. No. And, that's the thing it's it's projection right so it's like you're projecting what you think that person needs and that's always dangerous you can't you you can't tell other people what they need you have to let them tell you what they need and there was a moment um maybe about this time last year probably a little bit later um I had a really late start to the year last year uh which I think a lot of realtors did um and I was just like, and I had gotten married the year before, so I had like a bad second half. And it was just like probably like March or April. And I was to the point where I was like, I'm going to have to get a real job. Like I, I'm going to have to go join someone's team. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like I was just like, oh, what am I like going to do? <laughs> and it was like a really sort of low point, And yeah. I had sort of like talk to my husband about it and and he hasn't you know he was just kind of like okay and um my boss not my boss my manager jamar my jamar um sat me down in his office one day and he was just like well what are you doing what are you i you need to be closing things like what are you who are your leads what are your like and i was like dude i'm literally doing everything i can be doing and and i still feel that way and that's the thing is that like i wasn't just like sitting back and like, oh, well, I guess we're in business. No. I was like, no, I'm out there. I show houses all yeah. the time. Like yeah. I am like I and he's like, but what about this? What about this? What about this? And I was just like, no, I'm doing all these things. And it was a really upsetting conversation for me. 
because even if there was truth to like maybe I could have been doing more I came away feeling like he was not recognizing like no this is a really frustrating sit I feel frustrated you don't need to tell me to do more things I'm already doing the things like I don't know and and then you know I had a bigger half the second half of the year than I normally would and it, it you know I can say that now in hindsight that like the things I was doing did lead to business and I walked in the next day and he was like you mad at me I said, yes, I am. I'm really frustrated with you because I don't feel like you've recognized what I have been doing. And I hope like in that moment, because I think I've done that to other people and pushed them too far. And I hope that he because what I needed in that moment was someone to be like, wow, I understand this is really frustrating for you. Sometimes this business is really hard. Sometimes you are doing all the things and it's just not showing up. And like instead he was giving me this. Like, you have to meet people where they're at, right? You can't just, like, because that's just pushing against each other. I didn't walk away. I didn't walk away feeling great. I didn't walk away feeling appreciated. I didn't walk away feeling like, oh, I'm going to go light the world on fire. You weren't empowered. In that moment, it had taken from you because now you were caught second-guessing your activities, second-guessing what you've done. And and, and I think that, that sometimes we need that person in our lives to, to say, hey, like it's time to check in right with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's hard in our business more than any, or well, maybe not more than any, it seems like in our business more than any, that one of the most, in, you know, one of the hardest things to do is to be able to determine what is working and what isn't at, at specific times. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lead up in our market here in the twin cities in real estate that you don't experience necessarily in the middle of the year, right? People don't love moving in, in winter months. That doesn't seem to surprise most people, but you're dependent on income throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And, and then you start to see things slip away. And then you really do start asking yourself, do I have to get a job? Do, do I have to join a team? Did I make the right decisions? Why am I here? How can I, av- how can I avoid this? The agents and the people in our industry that have been here the longest that have imparted me the wisdom of, can create activities that you're always doing and if you're always going to do them they're going to they're going to pan out now they might not pan out tomorrow or next week or even next month but if you stay on that same activities i'm doing these at the same intensity at some point you really say okay yeah this does work but every single january february march i almost have to accept the fact that i'm going to be having the same question yeah and and this year, I feel good about where I'm at because it, it feels more like just the seasonal, like, yeah, I'm, this is what's going to be. I'm not going to kill it in January. Do you I'm think not. it's because you're also, you've, you've, now you know that, but you've also created other things in your life that you're passionate about that yeah. are, that are, that are allowing you to not feel like I'm just wasting time. I'm doing the podcast. I'm really connecting oh, with people and yeah. I'm doing these other things. I'm very busy. Yeah. I'm, you wouldn't know it from sitting here talking all day, but I know you're also very busy. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, there's 10 million places I could be at, at any given time, um, doing stuff and yeah. And it's stuff that I like. And so, yeah, I'm just at a place where if I can make a living selling houses, which I can by just doing the things I like to do, which is talk to people, keep up with my past clients, keep up with my friends, be of great service to people. I'm fine with that. I don't ever plan to make another cold call in my life. 
I, I love that. I I'm not gonna knock on someone I don't know's door. Well, maybe in a certain context, but I'm certain not gonna context. go. I'm not gonna go door knocking because it doesn't. It's never worked for me, and it won't start working. And I I'm sure I could get a coach, and they'd be like, "No, do it like this," and I could probably get a few more transactions out of it. But like, I don't know. I'm just at a point where that's that's not that's not what I'm looking for. In a life. certain level of diminished happiness out of uh, out of this the directness of saying, "Oh, we're gonna go do this and." change the world I, I i appreciate that i i think for for me um i like i like those those moments of being uncomfortable um when i go into a new room and no i don't know anybody in the room um those are the moments that i feel the most um on fire with finding who i am and creating new conversations with people when you when you when you have things in your life that you don't like to do um, or that you're forced to do, how do you manage that experience for you? Mm, that's a good question because it's, I don't think it's the same across the board. I think that why I hate cold calling and door knocking is because it's never paid off for me. Mm -hmm. So like the gym, I want to, no one I like going to the gym but no one wakes up and is like I just really want to like <laughs> feel sweaty and hot and tired and out of breath like no one wants to feel that way but I know it makes me feel good after yes and I know that it makes my body stronger so I can do that those things are easy to push through for me for things that just like don't make sense mm -hmm. I think yeah. and when I did call, I would try, I've tried everything. I've tried to just like get it out of the way first thing in the morning. You know, I've tried to just, I've tried to like write the script right there because I'm not uncomfortable talking to people, but I am so uncomfortable cold calling. I hate it. Well, so because in that moment, much. don't you think that what you're really doing is you are trying to create uh, a relationship, a synergy with somebody, a connection out of a few moments. And in the moment of a cold call, not saying that there aren't value in making cold calls, because there is, but I always felt like when I'm making cold calls, who is who am I making the call to benefit? You or me? And it's always me. Yeah. And if I'm only doing things for only me, I always find that those experiences... So you and I talked about before going on the air that you had a client that was looking in a specific area. There yeah. aren't a whole lot of homes. In that instance, you had a valid reason to reach out to the people in that community sure. to attempt, not necessarily a cold sale, but to attempt to, to achieve a win-win for both your buyer and for a potential seller. So it made it simpler. Yeah. So I always try to connect the dots for myself mm -hmm. is to say, I don't want to make cold calls. My job right now is to interface with real estate agents to determine if where they are is the best fit for them in their business. Holy crap, that's difficult to yeah. do genuinely and authentically. Well, that's the thing. It has to be genuine and authentic. And if you don't, I believe, here's the thing, is that I've closed those transactions from sending those letters. And it is truly, everyone feels great. Yes. Everyone feels great. If they can agree on the price, they're both happy. Uh, it also makes you realize how often other realtors are the problem in transactions because you're like, huh, somehow when I'm handling both sides, this is just everybody's happy, happy, happy. Everybody can agree on everything. So maybe there's something else in the way. I think that real estate agents try to create animosity in the transaction to prove their value instead of creating, instead of 
committing to as two professionals in our business to committing to providing an unmatched experience and avoiding all the unnecessary friction when possible. There's always going to be a tad bit of friction, but once you've agreed upon the price with the buyer and the seller, everything from that moment on can be, and usually is by two great professionals handled without the necessity of me trying to create a higher level of value from me, your agent or, 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 comparison from the other agent well they're not very good at what they do it's like you guys you make it so much more difficult by trying to you know identify your value in it when that's not the value at all yeah I I mean it's you know I am always uh trying to think if it's boring for people when we talk too much about real estate I don't know what the answer is I'm sure someone will tell me there's a little kid here there are a lot of people here did you know it's national pizza day I, I didn't and there's and, pizza in the lunchroom oh no see yeah. n- now I'm now I'm gonna have to stay and, and eat pizza even though I'm not supposed to eat pizza today because I'm supposed to be on a fast but I'm probably gonna eat pizza it's national pizza day so. I am probably going to scrape the top off of pizza yes and eat it so I have a friend that thinks that that makes you an alien um but I I have I other people in my carbs. life yes I have people other people in my life that will do the exact same thing. And then I have one specific friend that she's, that makes you an alien. And she also definitely listens to this podcast. So oh. it's, it's, oh, it's going to be very interesting when she hears us uh, 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 having talked about this. Well, uh, I have a friend um, named Jill who, you know, who... St- <laughs> When I go to YPN meetings. So here's the thing, world. Get on board. People like low-carb options. Why are there no low-carb snacks at the fucking closing offices? <laughs> Why? Why is it all candy? Everyone wants a low-carb option. That's that's my title tip. Hey, title companies. Number one. Oh, you know my million-dollar idea? Why aren't there selfie stations with yes. nice lights at title companies? Yes. With the logo in the background. Yes. I've, I've tried to sell multiple title companies yes. on this. It's a million dollar idea. Everyone takes a picture. They always look fucking horrible because yeah. they're like this terrible like make a little station, put your logo in the back. Yes. And create some Instagram worthy yeah. post, right? So Absolutely. have something in the background that connects it to homes, yeah. uh people, uh Minnesota coffee, hot dish, um have a Snapchat filter. Right? I don't know. It's idiotic. But also low carb snacks. That's how my title empire will be built. So what would your what would your low carb snack option be? Well, here's the thing. Not it's not the lowest of carbs, but yeah. compared to uh, others, nuts. Yeah. Because this brings me back to my situation with Jill. When we go to YPN meetings, there are snacks. The snacks suck. Yeah. I once had an almond that I thought was going to be great. They were unsalted. <laughs> they were like raw almonds, and I was like, this is trash i'm very upset right now i was i was misled to believe that this would have salt on it so what i do often because there's always trail mix is i eat the peanuts yes and the sunflower seeds out of the trail mix and then i slide the m&ms over to jill (laughs) and jill eats the m&ms but i also don't eat the raisins because that's look a raisin is almost as sugary as an M&M. Yes. It's just much more disgusting. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not going to, definitely not going to eat a raisin. 
So I'll have the raisins and the M&M's. So Jill will pick out the M&M's. And then sometimes Shay will eat the raisins. That, that's why I, I really do love Shay because I also, I enjoy raisins. Well, <laughs> come to the YPN meeting. But like and, you uh, said, though, they are, they're just sugar. No. That's, that's, they're pure sugar. They're, it's, that's all they are. So, you know, I, I do eat things weird. And I think that those who love me accept that about me because I'm on a never ending quest to be skinny that uh, will never work out. But we are one hour and 22 minutes in. So I, I have to ask you about the top three things that you're looking to improve this year. All right. Um, one of the things we've kind of alluded to is micro improvement or micro habits mm-hmm. that create better outcomes so often in my life i've judged the the accomplishments or my ability to achieve something um based on a very small window of what success looks like uh-huh. i'm trying to as i get older celebrate and and in, not enjoy not just enjoy but celebrate upon building uh building blocks of successful habits um you i'm guessing that you brush your teeth every day Sure do. Okay, see, I, I knew that about you right away. That That's a successful habit that you don't even think about anymore, right? Yeah. Not everybody in the world does that. Um, little habits like that that we win and that build upon those those ideas. I do this, I do this, I do this. So that's one thing that instead of trying to look at a year or a week, a day, and determine that that day didn't have this miraculously large success. But wait a minute. You got into the office early. You went to the gym. You stuck to your 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 eating your your what you believe. Mm-hmm. I hate the word diet, but you've stuck to the 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 your intended eating for the day. Um, I made my phone calls, meaning I talked to the people in my life that I want to, or people that I wish to talk to more, and those that's winning, right? So mm-hmm. that's one for me is to really assess my day based on winning things on a micro level. And then those things over the course of the year, the course of the week, the course of the day, provide a baseline for the success that I want to achieve. And I believe you told me you're trying to write a book about this. Yes. Um, so I, I have right now, I have about about 90 pages written. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good amount. It's a good place to start. Um, unfortunately... Um, there's a couple other books that I've recently found that actually lay it out really, really well. So one of them, um, that I just finished was called Atomic Habits and I didn't realize how in line with what I was writing about Uh was writing that. So I've kind of started to take my own spin on it. The same thing with, uh, Mel Robbins book, um, five seconds, um, where everything in your life can be redetermined in, just a consideration of doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. So my, my book would be do the opposite, um, winning by making choices that are contrary to the choices you typically make. So if you want to be different, your choices have to be different. Yeah. So if I want to lose weight, then I have to choose differently about what I'm eating and what I'm exercising. If I want to be more successful in real estate um, and I'm not willing to buy leads, then I have to create leads. That means I have to have better conversations. So when I want to be quiet and I just want to eat my lunch, I have to engage the barista or the 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 um you know the the server whatever that would be um i in in that being my number two this year is that i keep thinking i have more time than i do Mm -hmm. um you know that oh i'll get to that tomorrow 
Um, so the first book uh, I wrote with a, a real estate agent that I have a lot of respect for uh, because he's a doer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, he kept pushing us and pushing us and pushing us. Um, sometimes he carried all of the water himself. Mm-hmm. And um, now that I'm doing this for me, and it's not about real estate. It's it's not, has, in fact, I'm trying to, I'm trying to extract most of what I'm doing from that. Um, three for me, you know, my, my third is to really embrace being happy in the moment. And that sounds cheesy, maybe cliche, and maybe it's something that everybody's talking about. But I've always been, you accomplish something, and I never take the time to celebrate that. For me, I hate being um, doted on in terms of, oh, you wrote a book. Uh, Yeah, I, I had a really great opportunity to partner with a couple of people that were intense and smart and intentional and we got something really cool done um i didn't take time for that and i I shunned a lot of the the accolades believing that if i accepted those accolades then i was somehow um being a bit of a douche right like Mm -hmm. yes i'm a published author it's super there are some cool things to it my book is in the library of congress um that's cool and finding more moments of happiness that I can say, I'm really, just yesterday, I'm really happy right now. I, I feel like life is where it should be. And we don't have many of those moments where I'm, where I'm accepting that moment of happiness and, and believing that nothing that I did before, nothing that I'm going to do after, but in this one moment, I'm appreciating that I'm happy, that I'm joyful, and that I feel like the whole world isn't on my shoulders. Yeah. Oh, that is such, it's so hard. Um, you and I, you are a speaker, but we have both listened to a lot of speakers. Yes. And um, one that I think about a lot is this guy, this was a couple of years ago at Edina Realty thing, so I don't think you would have been there, but... And I can't remember his name, but he he was talking about like the science of happiness and like the the things that we think are going to make us happy, but don't. And then the things that actually make us happy and how much gratitude has to do with happiness, because there's a whole like actual science, right, that people that study this, how, you know, and we all know like money doesn't make you happy, but when you don't have it, you think it does, but it definitely makes things easier to be happy. Yes. Uh, but I, I actually, because I am a responsible podcast host, this, this got pretty wild here. I found a lovely little news article uh, relating to joy. Joy. It's a little bit hippy-dippy. Yeah. And I also, they, they sort of make this out as like, this is the only way people are happy. This is the only thing that brings long-term happiness. I don't believe in this. But, uh, but there were some really... Good thing. So this person is basically positing, and this is, uh, I don't know, my, I didn't print this here, so it kind of, uh, joy of anticipation and the key to daily happiness on some weirdo site. But it was talking about how if we find joy in anticipation, that can actually be greater than the joy of when we accomplish something or even just like a vacation. Like sometimes you get more excited planning a vacation, thinking about going on vacation than 
the actual vacation. So it's not even just accomplishments. It's looking forward to. We're always living in, 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 in this moment of the future, right? So even on a vacation, um, I feel like I'm already working when I'm on vacation. I'm already headed home. Uh, I'm already, and instead what I've tried to do is when there are moments of the sun is out and it's shining and it's beautiful. And in Minnesota, we, we don't get to take that for granted because a lot of days the sun isn't shining, especially this time of year. So you find those moments of this made me really happy. Um, the anticipation of planning for something, having something to look forward to, whether it's a trip, whether it's travel, whether it's um, I drink black coffee because there's very little calories in it. But there are days where I think about all day long, I want a vanilla latte with whipped cream. And the idea that I'm going to get it and I'm going to love it, that first sip is incredible. I usually don't even finish it anymore, but I loved feeling like I was, if you do these things today, Nick, reward yourself with, with a, with a latte. And then I drink it and I'm like, okay, I liked it. I'm about halfway through. It's a bit sugary and sweet and I'm okay with that. But the anticipation of wanting it was better. And I find that doing that every single day makes sense, right? Um, preparing yourself in your own mind to go, I'm really excited. I, so getting ready for today's podcast, uh, I had someone ask me, you know, are you excited about it? And I said, I'm approaching it with a bit of trepidation. But on my inside, I was like, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to you and I spending some time together talking about it because uh, being a listener of the podcast, um, I kind of know your personality, I believe, you know, and I know things about you that you and I haven't discussed personally, but you've shared on the podcast. And so, yeah, I, I caught myself being really excited for it and then i got here and 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 i feel like it's lived up to that in my own mind right lived up to the experience well this (laughs) this is a ringing endorsement i'm gonna cut this part out and send it to everyone when i ask them to come on my podcast because it's very hard to find guests that's surprising to me uh yeah and i mean i said there are some people who volunteered their sums which i was like oh Maybe I not. guess I didn't say that on air. I said that to you before we started. But, uh, <laughs> but um, the people I really like, there's this guy at my gym, uh, Justin, if you're listening, who is um, a recovering addict. And he is like the most fascinating guy. Oh, my gosh. And he, he is also HIV positive, And he is just like his outlook on life and like the way he talks about these like wild stories. Like it's so he's just such a fascinating guy everyone loves hearing him and i like have begged i've like begged him i've begged him to come on and he like always has an excuse and i think at the end of the day he's just nervous because i think people think i'm gonna like scoop out their insides and be like tell me your deepest darkest secrets and uh you know like well justin because you're listening we hope hopefully justin i think sometimes people like justin they're fearful that, that, and, and some people might not call it fear because I don't think it's, it's fear sometimes deter, uh, you know, uh, uh, intimates like, f- like weakness, yeah. right? Like if I'm yeah. fearful of something that's weak. No, I think sometimes it's that they don't want people to, that while they're delivering their message that you and I both find to be compelling and incredible, that they're worried that that makes them look inauthentic and mm-hmm. that if they're who they really are if they talk about who they really are that people are going to somehow use that against them or and so justin if you're listening what people the way you live your life by what what erica has said 
what you can impart might change somebody's life. Yeah. Listening to this podcast and that you imparting who you are in exposing your soul to the world, it only makes people better. You're not the type of person that's going to make your, it worse based on what mm-hmm. you've said, Erica. So I encourage you. I am, I am, I, I, you know, I, 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 I absolutely think that when people share, that's why podcasting is so great. Yeah. I don't care if only one person listens to this and they love it or they hate it. Uh, well, I want them to love it. Yeah. Um, the but- good news is I have more than one listener. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have one single listener in Australia, which has been blowing my mind. Like Shout out to the Aussie. Like who, who is it? right would, would you how they how did they stumble upon it i love that there's actually uh, some of my my circuit of speaker friends um around the around the country around the world there's a uh, a, a vendor for the real estate business uh-huh. and for commercial real estate and a lot of other things they do photo editing and they're from australia and they are some of the most incredibly fun people to spend time with i've we've really spent a lot of time on the road at different conference shows and and so uh, uh the, the company's called box brownie and they just do photo editing in yeah. you know uh, most of it real estate or or property related and for a number of reasons they do it um but they're so much fun so if, to the person listening in australia um that's awesome and yeah, I'm, I, I, I know isn't that the cool part though is like the far-reaching impact and that's why i'm envious of um of your of your effort to do the podcast i know that it's not simple and i know that it's really really difficult to continue to do it sometimes especially when you're having trying to align uh guests yeah but i love that you're doing it because you get to this will this exists forever now right yeah it's not just a conversation in a vacuum in your very well appointed large uh mm, corner yes. office facing no um no it is large i mean let's not <laughs> lie to the people it's it's a double office it is large this is a an yes. office for a queen this is an office for a queen um but but that that you've done this that you've you've put your time and effort into doing this and i'm envious because i've i've continued to say i want to do a podcast and my podcast would not would be like yours not specific to real estate um actually i want to call it whiskey and opinions and where we test different whiskeys and, and, and talk about them. But really, we just bullshit and... Can I come on? Yes, I would love it. And we're just going to we're gonna drink a little bit of whiskey. And then there's no boundaries. We're just going to talk about lots of like... like and, and, and have opinions. I think sometimes we get... I like that. I want to just sometimes say, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, we Before we went on, we talked about um, not being able to sometimes be forthright uh, about our business and about our competitors and about being recruited by people and being sold to and the inauthentic nature of somebody that you know has to do a job, but they're not doing that job for you. They're doing it for them. And so they'll show up uninvited to things and try to corner you and put you into weird places and both of us have said i want to be able to call some of that out yeah i want to be able to say that's bullshit we don't like that and minnesotans i think naturally are are kind of opposed to that sort of connection anyways maybe all around the world but i definitely know in minnesota we don't like it i want to be able to say things that i'm okay with having an opinion and sometimes most of the time i might even be wrong but they're still my opinions yeah you know no i like that you should start it i do you have a computer? I do. Okay. Uh, this All this majesty that you see before you, yes. minus the computer, which is obviously expensive. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm going to say $250. Boom. 
There's there's two hundred and fifty dollars standing between you and your podcast dream. Well, and I even reached out already to some local distilleries that <gasps> said that they would provide me the different what? whiskeys to talk about because it just they want to have their product. So yeah, we'll send you a bottle for free, um, and then talk about it. And so that's kind of Let's kind of this. my I, idea. Oh, you have to, you have to. It it would be great. I like it because I like, I think the problem that I had coming up with a podcast idea is like, I have, since I've been young, listened to be way before podcasts were a thing and been like, oh my gosh, I could have a radio show. I have opinions. I have thoughts that people yes. need to hear. And then throughout my adult life and, and even still, um, people are like, oh, you should have you should have a radio show because you know I, I have a tendency to just talk and rant and and this is more serious and the, I think that's sort of the funny thing is that if you've met either Nick or I uh, or definitely if you've seen both of us together outside of this we are not usually having like um like oh let's let's talk about our goals you yes. know it's like we're telling some funny story about when we got drunk or like <laughs> some <laughs> you know ridiculous thing uh and and. I'm like, oh, I have I have all these stories. This is great. And then I was like, oh, I can make a podcast. But there's a million podcasts, right? So yeah. your podcast has to be about something. You yeah. have to have some angle. But at the end of it, like, you know, you just want to be two white guys right. getting drunk and <laughs> telling people your opinions about stuff. I thought, are we talking? Did you finally bring up Joe Rogan? Is that no, how we finally oh got God. back here? I... Uh, I have a friend, Kent, who's like, you really need to stop talking about how much you hate Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, but I, I do. I do. And I don't, I do not hate Joe Rogan as a person. And honestly, before um, Joe Rogan's podcast really took off, because I was a very early adopter to podcasts. Yeah. I really like, I, I used to listen to talk radio all the time before podcasts were a thing. Um, and he would be on other people's podcasts. And I think he's a really yeah. interesting guy. Yeah. I just think that inherently the format of his show and his guests are something I have no interest in. And there's something about his fandom being like, but like Joe Rogan has the best podcast yes. ever that I can't yes. handle. Yes. That's why I can't handle because there's so many like fabulous, amazing podcasts. And then let's just like, but like Joe Rogan. I'm like, what's your no. favorite podcast? then? <gasps> that is such a hard question. Um, my favorite podcast oh my gosh um i will say and i think that this might be a cop-out because while it is a podcast it's actually a radio show yeah um this american life is probably yes. like my all-time favorite um and i talk about it all the time i'm always like that's like a this american life episode go listen to it no one ever takes yep. me up on it never they're just like okay um so that that's probably it. Do you have a favorite podcast? I do, and I would have to and go it's to Joe it. Rogan. I I no, it's definitely not. Uh, in fact, to be fair, I've never listened to a full episode. And and I'd have to take a day of your life to do that. And I'm like, oh. no, I don't want to hear that. I'm like, well, so I have uh, two Minnesota comics uh, created this podcast called uh, Middle of Somewhere, uh -huh. and it is it's uniquely Minnesotan, and yet both of their experiences are farther reaching than that and they're funny and they're but they're they're real and there's moments where you can kind of tell that they're irritated with each other and it makes me love it even more like so so but they they're still trying to be funny and 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 so they bring it around um okay so one thing that we that will will not bore the listeners is um 
for you so that we can we can really nail home this this episode what's the funniest story that you have from being in real estate i have a lot of good stories um this is like putting me on the spot and i'm like man what if i don't pick one of my funniest stories and then later i realize there's a funnier story okay uh so i had a client last year uh who is lovely and who has written me glowing reviews and i don't know how she would ever possibly hear this but if she does i will leave it as anonymous as as possible um so i was selling her family home i i had a year last year where i sold or maybe it was the year before i sold like five estates oh. I, i'm like in my early 30s and I'm like, how am I? Real estate death people? queen. Yeah, like it was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. Like they, they just kept like sort of finding me. But I'm actually really good at selling estates now. Uh, if anyone, you know, needs someone because it, it does take a different, um, there's a, a certain sensitivity that you have to I have agree. around these things. Um, so this, this woman's mother had passed after a long battle with cancer. Um, and her stepdad was still alive and they had been married since this, this woman who was in her fifties had been a kid. So yeah, he'd, he'd, a long time, long time. Um, but he was not named the executor of the estate. Oh yes. And, uh, I think the reasons would become clear. Um, so she was the executor, uh, her and her sister kind of helped her, but she was the, and anyone, if name one executor do not let your kids just like run wild please <laughs> no. it's a nightmare one person has to be in charge so she's the person in charge and we had um, a really they had actually previously listed with someone else so we i did a listing appointment she went with her friend which i kind of knew she was going to do her yep. friend lived in somewhere that's not here yep. keeping as none of this as possible didn't market it well went yep. on way too high blah 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 she comes back to me like a month later. So this this process has been kind of dragging out for yep. them. Like they had an estate sale they had. And I told her some things to do to the house, which the stepdad was really resistant to all of this. There was like all this brush in the front yard. You couldn't even see the house. They cut it out. He said that they were lowering the value of the house. There were these... <laughs> these uh rooms that were like painted like hot pink they painted them gray uh, again lowering the value of the house so the stepdad was just having like a lot of problems with this this whole process and, yep. and it was a it was a beautiful old home not that far from here yeah. like it did hot pink walls were no, not gonna no not gonna sell this and and we had a really hard time um selling it. it was it was a tricky price point and a lot of reasons that i won't make excuses for so it was on the market for a while and i um took a honeymoon with my husband for three weeks prior to the honeymoon we had gotten a couple of offers and she was like i'm not ready to take an offer that low i'm not in any hurry i've set enough money aside from my mother's death that like i can afford the holding costs of this house yep. if we have to hold it until spring you know, I take this honeymoon in December, so we're in the lowest part of the year. Three weeks, someone watches my business. I come back. She's like, we have to sell this house. Let's lower the price. Let's do what we have to do. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was gone three weeks. And uh, <laughs> now everything's changed. And, and we're in a whole different, whole different ball game here. And I said, what's going on? She said, uh, my stepdad has moved to zimbabwe to be with his 24 year old bride oh 
While I was gone, her later 70s stepdad moved to Zimbabwe to marry the woman he felt was the love of his life. (laughs) And he lives off social security. So he... The only money he had was going to come from the sale of the sale of this house, which was getting split three ways oh. anyway. So he met this woman on some Christian site he moderated and said that like God had brought them together. So my client sends me a picture of her the the new the new stepmom the, the new stepmom the new stepmom and her very old father, <laughs> and she says, "You know, Erica." The craziest thing about this picture, that's my mom's wedding ring. The dad married the new 24-year-old wife using the literal same ring of the mother who had died less than a year before. Didn't get it reset. Didn't sell it to buy another ring. just, just Just gave her the dead mom's ring. That's that's some bad mojo there. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that wild? But at 70-something, you're kind of like, well, can't get too bad. But but that was the craziest part about the story was that, like, you kind of think, and I, I watch a lot of 90 Day Fiance uh, as well, my very intellectual TV shows I enjoy. It's very high-minded. Um, this, this was not that. Like, he, it you know, you'd think, oh, this is kind of an arrangement. She's, yeah. She's young. He has money, but he doesn't have money, actually. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, that you're going to make a couple hundred grand, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe. How long is that going to last you? Right. Well, maybe till you die, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> so this was not that. Like, he truly was like, this is my soul connection. We are like, God has brought us together. Like, I am wedding this woman. Like, he married he straight up like flew there and married her it was not like i'm taking her back with me we're gonna live in america she's gonna have this lavish life he was like i'm moving to zimbabwe yeah but you can't actually get social security if you just live in another country so he had to like come back every so often really yeah you can't just be like uh peace i'm going to live in canada but keep paying me money you have to like be in the country for such makes a sense because the they want you to spend your money here yeah right from a yeah. gdp standpoint yeah so all right so i'll tell you my yeah. funniest story because but don't upstage mine th- th- this is going to be upstaging i'm sorry because oh, it's God about it. it's about uh yours is a great realistic story mine should never happen so this is this is um i'm in my late uh, mid late 20s so i'm 27 ish and um, I worked a lot with buyers. I really still to this day like the transaction of helping buyers um, because you get to do something really awesome, mm-hmm. right? You get to be a part of a, a, a dream realized and there's something really magical about that. Um, I'm also, because I'm a Libra, I really like the feeling and I like those sorts of connections with people. So I had a um, younger client, she was about my age, um, she had been referred to me, so it wasn't that we were friends moving into this. And we were we were looking at properties um, in a in a first ring suburb, very right up where most people her age, even to not even today, you know, mid to late twenties, people want to live in this area in our in our area in our community. And so we're looking at houses, and we're in a uh, a, a one and a half story house. She's we're upstairs where they've now retrofitted a master bedroom and a master bathroom. And she says, you know, I have to use the bathroom. Is that 
is that is that strange and i go no it's a bathroom i said you know so i left her with some privacy because all of us know that the bathrooms in those areas are really Mm -hmm. usually not super quiet and i didn't i just wanted her to feel comfortable so i went downstairs and she came down moments later wasn't really long or anything and she said all right you know let's go to the next house and so we make our way to the next house and see it we go to the third home and this is all within about an hour and 15 minutes or so and she asked to use the bathroom again and i was like yeah you know i i know people in my life that have small bladders and so that happens she didn't seem quite her peppy self as she had in previous showings Mm -hmm. um so we're on our way to our third or fourth showing for the day and um i thought i'd heard maybe that she um passed gas Mm -hmm. oh no uh yeah she she did she had uh we ignored it um as adults will sometimes try to do everybody has gas at some point Uh we pull up to a stoplight and um she it's more than that now she released she hadn't been feeling good but wanted to go on showings because the markets are hot in the spring we have limited inventory even then she pooped her pants in in the front seat of my car wow and uh and it was it's still to this day the funniest story because she says she we pull up and and she <clears throat> just just lets everything go and she goes i just shit myself in your car can you pull into the gas station and i go it's okay she goes it's not okay this is never going to be okay i'm going to go in and i'm never coming back out so you can definitely leave when i get out and i was like no no it's fine i'll get you back to she goes no mm-mm, i'm calling my sister and i will and so i had cloth tan seats at the time oh no oh no but now luckily i had younger girls at the time younger kids so i had wet wipes in the back Mm -hmm. so i cleaned it up thinking that she was going to just come out she did not she did call her sister and so then i was like well how do i make this better right now because we work hard for our clients and we also work hard to like keep our clients Mm -hmm. and so i sent her this card that had like a, a cow on it with a huge pile of cow you know manure and sent it to her and on the inside it said shit happens when are we going to go look at homes again and she she bought a home i actually i was invited to her wedding when she and 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 they had asked me her sister and a few others had asked me to to tell the story at dinner uh i said probably not at dinner but maybe later (laughs) but it was so much fun and that's like uh that's so much of our business but she was mortified i mean literally i can't even imagine she was like no i'm not gonna do this and so that that was it. That was the the pinnacle of my real estate uh, uh, of of the story that I can always tell. Yeah. I I don't. First of all, I have leather seats. So. <laughs> It'd be easier <laughs> clean up now. Yeah, but uh, and I also don't really drive my clients anymore. I think that's funny that yeah. it's that's a that's a change yeah. in our business. And really, um, that was only for me twelve years ago, yeah. which in my life doesn't seem that long ago. But I suppose it is. But yeah, we used to people used to always drive with us. And now I think especially with um, how we can schedule things and how we can set it up and with GPS being on our phones the way it is, I used to have to carry around this big King's book and it would be like page 56 A1. And then in this quadrant of this map book, you'd have to figure out where your listing was or where your showing was. And then that would be one page and then you'd have to go to a different page to go to a different showing. And yet we still have to put the King's maps coordinates in. For the MLS, I can't, idiotic. Uh, I can't. I can't even believe that that's still a thing. I know. Well, I'm on the board now, so. Whew. For the for for the the MLS. 
Well, for the association, I think we can recommend changes because we have a big stake in the MLS. Well, here, I mean, there it's owned it's owned entirely for all of you realtors listening. John Mosey is the the CEO of uh, the North Star MLS. John, if you're listening or when you listen, yeah. um, let's get that changed because nobody, nobody, nobody. I mean, do you even have one around? No, no. I look at the previous listing yes. and then if there isn't one i just panic and ask brady <laughs> to somehow figure this out for me can you fix this thank you very much i oh. like no one knows that it's insane but here's the question have you ever pooped your pants yes so i have not but i do it just feels like matter of time. i i feel like i almost wish i had because I kind of think that everyone's going to poop their pants in a public situation at some point, And I wish that mine had already happened. I think I've I, done I, mine. I live in fear. I've, I live in fear of pooping my pants in I've public. I've done mine more. I, for some reason, I have kind of like a, a interesting, you know, uh, bowel problem issue i suppose nothing that's been been uh, identified uh, uh, by the the <laughs> medical by the medical in yeah. field but but no i uh uh, it's happened it's happened uh, a couple of times um i tend to push the like like you said earlier about time for realtors i'm still live on realtor time yeah. so i'm trying to get uh, uh somewhere that takes the average person 20 minutes and i believe i can do it in 12 yeah. um so the same thing happens then when i have to go to the bathroom and i'm like oh no i'm gonna make it and then i'm like oh dear jesus i'm oh my god i'm not gonna make it and i'm freaking out but um probably the most funny i was at a real estate event in chicago um with people from around the country and I hadn't been feeling really well. And we went to dinner and we had uh, some Italian place. And I didn't eat a whole lot because I knew I wasn't feeling mm-hmm. good. And then, you know, as YPNers do, we go out afterwards to have a sure. good time. And we're at this club. And um, I uh, had an instance where um, it, it wasn't uh, what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And then had shit my pants. And I'm like in front of all these like professional quote unquote people from around the country. And so I grabbed my jacket and I was like, Oh God, I got to make a call outside. Totally ghosted. And literally had to walk very funny down Michigan Avenue back to my hotel room. Um, and that was not the most fun I've ever had. Uh, yeah, I (laughs) see. That's my fear. That's my fear (laughs) that like I live, I live in fear of a public, but that's not even that bad because I feel like you played it off pretty well. Nobody knew uh, that that I that I know of. But and did you tell them? I did tell a couple yeah. people afterwards that were like, "Hey, you disappeared last <laughs> night." Yeah, because I pooped my pants. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, it just happened, and it yeah it yeah wasn't good. Did you just throw the pants away? I I I I. I was at, okay, so I was at a hotel, uh-huh. so I, w- I washed them out in the sink uh-huh. because I didn't want anybody else to have to try to clean it up. So I washed it out in the sink, put it in the garbage, and then tied the garbage, the, the thing around yeah. it. Yeah, I never used them again. Yeah. Um, I had it happen downtown Minneapolis one time with my <laughs> daughters when I was taking them to a dance. Oh, God. And I didn't, that we were at the uh, the Minneapolis Convention Center, and I was... I was on the way down. Traffic was a little bit longer. I probably had way too much coffee for the day. And I'm in the car like, oh, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to be there. It got longer and longer. Finally got down there, got parked. And I have three little girls at the time. I think my oldest was about 11. So we're talking 11, 7, and 3 or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, 
I got daddy's got to go to the bathroom. We got to get, we got to run. So we get into the convention center. I grab the first bathroom door. It's locked. Second one is actually, it's the, the, there's like a, like a, uh, um, like the gate is down. Finally get to the third one. And I'm, and, and so I'm leaving my, my, you know, children outside the men's bathroom. I didn't quite make it. And as I was taking, trying to get my pants undone, keeping the door locked because men's bathrooms, are a weird place that yeah. men only go into stalls when they when they yeah. have to do that. So I'm trying to shut it, trying to get my pants undone, and everything came out before that, all over the floor, all over the toilet, oh all God. over my pants, and I am downtown <laughs> at it for a dance conference. And I walk, I, I clean up as best as I can. Literally, I had to get rid of my underwear, one pair of sock because I, I one sock because I had to try to clean up from it, and I'm just. I'm I'm hoping t- just at all costs that nobody comes in, clean up fast enough, get out, and my my middle daughter goes, "Daddy, something smells like poop," <laughs> and I was like, "I know," and I'm like, "Get my oldest daughter, get my oldest daughter to checked in," and then took the other two and had to again walk very funny to downtown Target to buy new jeans, new underwear, new <laughs> socks because it was everywhere, and I, I but. So this is my life. Wow. You ask the um, that you ask the greatest question because yeah. yes. Yeah, I like how you tell the poop story of your client, but you've got some oh, real poopy real stories. Shit stories. See, <laughs> right. The problem is I throw up everywhere. Yes, I have a I have a weak stomach in the other way, especially if I'm hung. I get car sick, especially if I'm hungover. Um, I have spent what seems like years of my life traveling around Asia on buses. It's a little <laughs> bit different now, actually. This this might be a bygone era. So uh, at the time, I was doing a lot of traveling in Asia. I used to teach English in, in China. So this was uh, this this actually came up quite a bit. Uh, the long-range buses, yep. a lot of them didn't have toilets. So what happens is um, you, like, stop. Yep. At these these rest stops on the side of the road. I hope that's just in my ear that that's sounding weird. Um, so, you know, they'll drive for a couple of hours and then you'll stop at some like really. I mean, I've been in some really gross places on the side of the road. And usually you have to pay to. <laughs> yeah, right. um, so that's that's their system for stopping now. Uh, say you have to vomit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I always did. Yeah. Um, Options are limited. Limited. Uh, I have vomited into so many plastic bags, <laughs> I can't even tell you. I have vomited with my head out the side of a minibus <laughs> because the driver was... That was a smaller one. There were only like six people. He stopped like three times and then he was like... I can't stop. <laughs> we, can't, we can't stop anymore. You're going to have to vomit out the side of this window. Oh, no. Truly, looking back on it, I like I don't even know how I got through these situations. Now, sometimes I I discreetly puked in a yep. bag. Great, oh. <laughs> just just a little uh, a little puke. Um, other times, not as much. And and here's the crazy thing about it is like I did like the time I was out of the minibus, I took Dramamine. I understand oh, my life. No. But it wasn't, you got to take it yes. with enough time. Yes. Because it's, it, it needs time to set in. Um, but one time I made a friend because 
of course, obviously, I hadn't actually planned. I don't know why I didn't just like get some puke bags or something, <laughs> but like I was I was in Vietnam and I was on a bus and I was just like feeling so sick and I didn't have anything. Oh. And I so like I found this plastic baggie, like a Ziploc. And I dumped everything that was in it out. And I threw up into this plastic baggie. And there's holes oh. in the corner, like these just yes. minuscule holes. Yes. And it's it's leaking out. Oh no. And I'm just holding this leaking bag of vomit and I I look up just imploringly and I'm like searching for someone's gaze like yeah. please do you have a bag for me and i catch this girl's eyes and i'm like do you do you have a bag and she's like oh my god yes and she gives me a bag and then we ended up staying at a hotel together for like three days we no split kidding a hotel room yeah oh that we, see we that made friends i love that that's uh, the, the sublimeness yeah. of those instances yeah, i i like I'm always late and I can't do anything about it. I'm I'm perpetually unprepared for being a person yes. who vomits all the time. Yes. Uh I went um when I was in Jamaica and my friend actually made me a little vomit bag, but in the moment I didn't think about it and I I said this, I talked about this in her wedding speech that I gave at her wedding because we were in Jamaica and I was there not with my husband. I was leaving at a different time and uh you you look like a guy who spent some time in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're like an hour away from the Montego Bay Airport, so you gotta get one of those little transfers, right? And so it was like a single guy, and I have like a, I love traveling. I travel all the time. I fly all the time. But I have terrible anxiety around flight, so I'm like in this car. These roads are windy. I'm feeling sick, and I'm having like a meltdown. I'm having like a full panic attack. This man does not know, but I yes. am having a full panic attack for like an hour in the back of his car. And I'm like texting my friends. I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to die in here. I'm, uh, like, I can't do this. And they're like on vacation. Yes. Like, don't want to hear You're me like, like oh, no, this in is my not existential good. dread. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting so sick. And we're like getting closer to the airport. And I'm just like feeling so sick. And I'm like, OK, I just I've just got to get off of this out of this car and I will I will be OK once I'm out of this car. And so I go I go to the bathroom right away in the bathroom in the Montego Bay. There's like one and it is at like the far end is on the other side of the fucking airport. And so I go, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling all right. I'm like, I got to get some water. So I go to the gift shop and I buy like two huge bottles of water and I'm just, I just start chugging water and I start walking to the security gate and I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> I, I'm going to throw up all this water I just drank. Yes. And now I'm like, you know, I'm like salving. Yes. I'm getting the like, I am, I am there. It's going to yep. happen. And I'm trying to like fast yes. speed walk to the bathroom. And I'm just like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not making it. I'm not making it to this bathroom. So I'm like weighing my options. I'm like, okay, well, there's a trash can. Obviously, I'm not just going to do it on the floor. But like, can yep. I really just, I'm in this Jamaican airport by myself. Can I just... And luckily, as I'm like, hoping, I'm starting to like breathe. Yes. It's getting under control. I'm like, okay, this is going to be the worst story ever because I talk with my hands and I realize that I'm like <laughs> flailing the microphone all over. So I'm going to have to listen to how. So I, I kept it under control. But no, I've, I've 
planes, trains, and automobiles. I have I've puked on on all methods of transportation. So that's that's my lot in life, but that's better than yeah, it's, your pants. it's it's more socially acceptable for mm-hmm. for you to be a vomiter than it also s- doesn't smell no bad. no although sometimes yeah true. it does if you're yeah. dr- if you've been drinking or sure. you know but like no I I it's 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 horrific and I mean I could tell four or five more stories about things that have happened I had my my uh, boss's daughter in the car with me and she was you know 21 22 and we're coming back from a convention and and she is asleep in the front. And I have to go to the bathroom as bad as I've ever had in that moment. And uh, so I'm just like farting as this poor girl is sleeping. (laughs) And I have to stop in the rain in the middle of the night to do business on the side of the road in a Taco Bell bag. So I I have a number of of bad experiences. But in a bag. See, that's better. It was, uh, you know, but then what do you do with it? Because it, it wasn't, it, you know, Taco Bell bags, they're not sturdy. Yeah. And sure. so, and this wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, yeah. So it was just on the side. I, I found a, I, I literally was on the side of the road. And then I found a different bag to put it in. And then I unfortunately didn't feel comfortable bringing it back into the car with the sleeping uh, uh, daughter of my boss. Um, and nobody knew the wiser until a couple of years later when I finally outed. Once we, I was close with the daughter, I yeah. was like, do you remember that time we came back from the convention up north? Yeah. Do you remember how you slept? Yeah. Um, I had the worst gas of my life and had the most stomach <laughs> ache. And she's like, it's funny that you mentioned that. I I thought I kind of smelled something, but she goes, I thought it was a skunk or something. I'm like, yeah, it totally was not. It was me. Oh, is this the daughter that I... Yes. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is that this is an adult. I don't, I don't think that comes across in the story. <laughs> it sounds like a child. Yes. No, this is an adult woman. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is an adult woman, but it's, so I, I, I heard somebody say once, um, good people and good friends can have conversations about lots of things, but great friends have conversations about bad toilet stories. Yeah. Well, I got, you know, my time. I'll let you guys know when yeah, I right? shit myself in public. Um, <laughs> Because I, I truly believe it's going to happen to all of us at one point and some of us more. But here's the question. So why do I not take motion sickness pills earlier and pack myself a puke bag? But why do you not go to the bathroom before I leave? Or or... The yeah, it's 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 puzzling. I feel like there's this moment where I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. And then there's this absolute moment where fine is no longer an option and you're just going to have to deal with whatever's going to, and and there's a bit of excitement in it and not the good kind, but the kind that you're like, oh my God, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to shit myself. I'm going to shit myself in front of these people. I got to get to a bathroom. And then bathrooms are weird anyways. Let's just like, I I hate warm toilet seats. Mm. If somebody has just Mm -hmm. been in there. I hate hearing other people's toilet issue, like yeah. the sounds that are associated with going to the bathroom. And I especially don't like people having to hear mine. And, you know, when you are in that moment, like I find myself, I know every single bathroom off option at places I frequent the most. Mm. So for instance, Target always has a pharmacy bathroom that is a, a, an alone bathroom it is private right by the pharmacy every time i go into a target for whatever reason i have to poop and i immediately beeline it back there yes it's a thing it's like a my body is just comfortable with the smell i have to shoot 
I, you know, I named them oh, after something we've said, and I, I don't know. Have we, have we identified a good title? I mean, I always have to poop when I go into Target. Target. I, I, it, that doesn't feel right, but I feel like something in the poop realm. I, I think that you're right because th- they had to get to this point in the podcast to, to be about this. Yeah, and you know what else is crazy that I don't think I've told you? Uh, I'm probably going to post this today because usually I post them like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every other week. I've I've had a little grace with myself. When I started, I was like every other Wednesday. But, you know, here's the thing. Every other Wednesday comes up real fast. Really fast. And so I feel like as long as I'm just producing, you know, like weekly to bi-weekly content but probably gonna put this up later today and controversial yeah i mean we've we've really touched on a lot of things i don't okay what do you think as as a faithful listener it's been suggested to me that i should not talk about how long they are even though they always go too long that i should just be like power through be a real Joe Rogan and be like, yeah, right. <laughs> everyone wants to listen to hours of my content. Yes. Uh, because we're at two hours and 11 minutes. Yep. Which I think it's not bad. I don't either. Uh, but if it goes much longer, then I think about splitting it. But it's like, couldn't someone just split it themselves? But will they? That's the question. I, I you know, that, That's the thing I think, though, that's unique about podcasts is that. I very rarely listen to one in its entirety in one setting uh, or in one sitting. I'm usually in the midst of going from place to place mm-hmm. in between phone calls. And so I, I like that there's so often there are certain podcasts that are so dead on in their time that I get to the end and I'm like, oh, that was sad because I wanted more of this particular conversation yeah. or more. So I, I think that I, I like it. The, the, the in, in when I listen to your, when I listen I'm listening while I'm at the gym uh-huh. um, and I might get 45 minutes and then I might listen in the car. But a lot of times I have a conference call after the mm-hmm. gym or where I'm going. So oftentimes I don't get that. And it's um, it's I know I, I, I think you're fine. I think listen as you'll listen, because if you really like the content, you're going to listen anyways. And in this one, they're going to miss gold if they if they <laughs> if, cut out early. If they don't get to the poop conversation. Yes. They have messed up. That's it. I think you almost have to title it like. It's about poop. Wait for it. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that. Because then they're going to be wondering in the first hour and, you know, a half when we're going to actually get to. I like that. The compelling poop stories. See, that's how you pull people in. That's get it. Them, get them to uh, get them to stay. You know, people that have said this to me are going to hear this which is why i'm a little bit hedging whether or not i should say this but i don't i don't think it's derogatory and hopefully it'll be um a number of people including people who've been on the podcast others friends of mine have suggested like oh i should be your co-host i don't need a co-host but here's the thing about it like it, it happens with such frequency <laughs> that I think, one, it's a testament to the fact that I have a, a good, I can have a good dialogue and conversation and banter with a lot of different people. Yes. Um, because I'm not saying it wouldn't be compelling because I think it, I think it would, but that's sort of, you know, I, I have that with a lot of people. But all I want to really say to them is like, 
well, then you should have your own podcast. Because I feel like what you're identifying is like, I like how Erica talks with people. I feel like I could also talk with her like that for a long time. So if that's, if you feel that that's what you want, then really you want your own podcast because you're identifying the fact that you want to do what I'm doing, but you're not doing it for yourself. So here it is, not to be derogatory to the members of your audience who've said that to you or your, your, to the people you've had on. I think what it really is, is it's that you're already doing it and you've taken the fear out of it. You've taken the, and you're already doing the work, which the work isn't necessarily this. This isn't work yeah. for us. Um, this is something we would do anyways and did before we got started yeah. for almost an hour, yeah. right? Over or more hour. than an hour. Yeah. So, so realistically speaking, then, I think what happens to people is they want to be a part of something that's fun and they want to be a part of something that's creative. And yet they don't have the wherewithal or the um, stick to itness to do it themselves. Ah. And, and so it's easy to say, let me do this. So I have a... a and I know this because I have a couple of people who have said to me, let's write a book together. Mm. And I went, no, I don't, I don't think so. One, you don't realize how much work it is. And two, um, you kind of got to, f- you've kind of got to find your own way to do it. And, and so I think a lot of times what people want is they, people want to be a part of something fun and cool and creative and giving themselves an outlet. But to your point, hell yes, go start doing it. Mm-hmm. If you're committed to it, you'll do it. If you're not committed to it, if it's not something you really, really want, then you won't do it. So the fact that you're doing it, I'm, as I said earlier in the podcast, I'm envious of your, um, your, your, your willingness to do it, to your, your, your desire. Your, you said, I want to do this and you did it. That's why I think people love things. It did take me a while, a lot of time of saying it. But, 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 but you still, still got yeah. here. So your audience doesn't know if it took you one time, two times, five times, a year, whatever it took to finally say, I'm committing to this. So for me, you're, this is going to sound cheesy, but it's a bit of an inspiration for me to say, who cares what anybody else thinks? I want to, I want to create some content. And sometimes it's going to be super deep about, you know, this existential crisis that we are all in. And sometimes it's just going to be about poop. Yeah. And that there's magic in between those. That like some, yeah, there is, there is. That like sums up my life very much. Like I like really heavy things and really like, uh, like have you ever read um, The Unbearable Lightness of Being? Yes. Yes. That's like one of my favorite books. I love Camus. I love existentialism. But I also solely watch 90 Day Fiance (laughs) and The Masked Singer. (laughs) And like, not like, oh, hey, like I'm into it. Yes, I'm, no, I get it. Like, I, I can't stop thinking about The Masked Singer. I think that the White Tiger is Hulk Hogan, just putting it out into the universe. Okay, so that's what you've said. The the White Tiger is Hulk Hogan. My favorite um, guilty pleasure, viewing pleasure, is um, oh, Big Mouth on Netflix. Oh, I love Big Mouth. I wouldn't even call that guilty pleasure. Oh, my God. It's, it is. it's just so legitimately well done. Yes, and there's so much of it that you're like, when I was that age, the things that that have that has encountered, like the 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 question of what are we doing and why do I feel this way and yeah. why am I, you know, why has this happened and 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 this conversation of this hormone monster yeah. with yourself and it's so dead on and it's so inappropriate. But if you think about the inappropriate, the natural inappropriateness of being that age, anyways, and now we can look at it and go, I remember feeling that way and I remember that happening and I remember. 
I'm like, oh, I just laugh and I laugh and I laugh and I laugh. Yeah. It's and and it's sort of exactly what we were saying about like if if someone comes on the podcast and says something that helps. I think what people love about that show is that sometimes you don't realize how universal yes. these feelings are and so yes. it's isolating right and then we all watch the show and we're all like oh yeah th- we identify with it because this is like yes. the same experiences we've had and we realize like oh all of this is sort of universal it's it not is. it's not unique to i wasn't some weird yes. teen that had you know oh the shame monster and yes the, and and so it's like the same thing with sharing your life with people they realize oh and so i try to be really open about things because of that because i think that there's so many people who relate to whatever yes. uh, whatever you're going through and i think that there are areas of our society and this is going to take a really hard right turn in, <laughs> in a one second buckle up people it's been a topic i've been passionate about recently <sighs> baby boners yeah I didn't know this was a thing because no one talks about it and my eyes have been open and I am horrified. (laughs) I truly, my God, what sort of secrets are parents keeping about the fact that little baby boys get little baby boners? That is so fucking awful. It's, it's, I like, I talk to people all day long. I talk to women who are parents about, motherhood and never until like two weeks ago did this come to my attention the shameful baby boner i why has no one talked about this well so i didn't have boys but yeah but so i had girls and um girls will lay on their stomach uh-huh. at, at, a, at a very young young age you know still in diapers yeah and they'll hump the ground huh. because it feels good I think oh the the I don't I don't I don't but not it again it's so it's creepy right in theory because mm-hmm. you're like oh, oh, oh. but but pleasure still pleasure sure. even if it's not sexual like because they they're not doing it because they're attracted to anything yeah. they're doing because the very thing feels good I, I the thing about the baby boner is is I I think that there's no rhyme or reason for baby boners it's no, not because something feels good it doesn't seem that way because like in grade school as they talk about in Big Mouth I had the the phantom boner right like you could be in math class i i called them stress boners or like like test boners like i could be in taking a test and i'm super worked up and all of a sudden i'm like oh no oh no oh no go away don't don't be here and it's you know you're like you're embarrassed and you're looking around nobody knows yeah but here you are some 14 year old little boy with a boner taking a test on sociology (laughs) that yeah it's it's just it's just awful and now you have to think of every little baby boy with a baby boy boner in their oh my god pampers yeah and then like i tell people about this and i'm like why and they'll be like oh yeah just this morning i was (laughs) diapering so and so and there it goes i'm like how is this this universal experience that like people just don't talk talk about about. and honestly the fact that i am so horrified by it (laughs) is like the reason why you should talk about because it probably should just be like yeah it's not sexual it's this physiological thing and if you're the mom of a boy because here's what would have happened i would be boy mom yep i'd be oh 
what's happening? And now I don't know. Can I Google it? I'm absolutely <laughs> fucking not. I can't Google it. No, no. So now I just have this baby with a boner. I'm a new mom. I have no idea. Is this normal? Is this not normal? Am I supposed to put the diaper on? What am I supposed to do? I, why are we not talking about it? It's really been. There is a, a, a cultural, uh, uh, a, a, you know, complete ignoring that this happens. I, I don't remember for, for like me, cause obviously I was a baby. Um, but definitely have changed my nephews who won't listen, but could listen yeah. to the podcast. They would be mortified, um, to know that that definitely happened to them. Yeah. I, but I think it's because, I think it's because, um, sexuality and sex itself pleasure itself is something we we always it's constantly around us but we we avoid talking about it because it, it feels uncomfortable to talk about it and I, I think that like I so I raised three daughters or I'm in the process of raising three daughters with my wife you're done <laughs> this is how you're announcing to your wife where I, right? I'm done today sorry I raised um, them. They're, yeah, they're, they're cooked well, I've got the 18-year-old now. She yeah, just turned 18 last week, and what? I'm like, deuces. Sorry, yeah, so I bye. said 17 earlier. She's yeah. 18 on <gasps> Monday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Monday. Yeah, kick her out. And so, yeah, I'm like, uh, rent is due on the 1st, <laughs> and it is the 1st. But, Dad, it's my birthday. I know, but yeah. it's, you know, time to pay up. You're 18. Uh, no, but but in raising those girls, I um, I have a friend of mine that I we, I, we kind of talk about children and life, yeah. and, and I'm in a very sex-positive house. Mm-hmm. Um, we are very, uh, open with the realities of, of, of sex. Um, cause I was, I always felt like growing up in, in a specific religion that everything that had to do with that was taboo and I mm-hmm. shouldn't talk about it. And then it's just something that happens. Well, yeah. And then you, sex is a big, it's a great part of life and it's a big part of our life as adults or, or as, you know, uh, growing teens. And so we've always been very conscious and very talkative about mm-hmm. it, probably to the, the point where my daughters will now want to become nuns <laughs> because they're like, I, we just always talked about sex or something about it. Or, But I think it's it's so interesting because we are so like, you know, standoffish with, with my girls. I wanted them to be very aware of um, that this should be good, that they should like it. Um, but that it comes with consequences and it comes with not necessarily, well, it is sometimes consequences, but that it comes with a responsibility. So don't do it until you're ready. But, oh, by the way, I'm not going to tell you when that is. It's not like you're going to turn a certain age and I'm going to be like, okay, you're ready. Um, it's going to happen when you least expect it or when you didn't plan for it. So let's talk about it now so that when it becomes an issue or not an issue, it becomes a potential that you can do this, that you can be about it. Yeah. So this is crazy. Um, so uh, you ha- this is tricky because you have an 18-year-old daughter yep. who obviously has a cell phone yep. who is aware of podcasts and yep. probably is aware that you are speaking on a podcast and yep. you definitely hear this and probably doesn't want her personal life information disseminated. But I'll just say it is crazy to me as someone who has yet to have a child that you have a child who you are probably concerned about whether or not they're having sex. She is. She yeah. came to us uh, uh, about a year, and, and she's she because we I think we created a very positive, very f- um, upfront setting. She came to us when she said it was time. When she believed that she probably about a little less than a year ago, she came home and said, "I think it's time for me to get on the pill, and or some form of birth control." Now, as a father, um, 
you go, oh, oh, oh. But at the same time, as a realistic human being, you go, okay, if you're willing to have this conversation with me, then I respect the fact that it's time. So we took her in and she has been on sense. And I, um, I know that she's having sex. But like most things, like we both came from a sexual mm-hmm. uh, uh, escapade from our parents, right? Um, I don't want to think of my parents having sex any no, more than gross. I want to think of my daughter having sex. So you just accept that people have sex, right? Yeah. And and th- I don't want to hear it. I <clears throat> don't want to hear about it. Oh, certainly. Um, but but um, I'm glad that she's embraced the her own sexual her because I think that women especially have been for a long time been been this is a a a part of their life that's full of shame and and I think especially in the Midwest with Catholicism and you know Lutheran and and I think that we've often said well we don't want it but this is a really great thing and we should embrace it and we should empower people to be you know confident in in their choices and what they like and what feels good to them so that you can have conversations about it. So you don't feel like you're not getting what you want out of it. And I wanted to raise girls as confidently as I could. So somebody once said to me, well, you know, what do you think of your daughter having sex one day? And I said, I hope she really enjoys it. And I hope that it, I hope that she finds whatever she wants from that. And he's like, because sometimes I think older generations go well it's great boys can have sex and you pat you know you slap them on the back and say you know great job buddy but the girls were like you should wait forever and (laughs) is this right for you and I'm like hey you should enjoy it you're probably going to have some embarrassing things happen there's a lot of things going on that you're going to be unfamiliar with and probably uncomfortable with find something find a place where you have some happiness with it and embrace it enjoy it yeah I think it's a testament to your parenting uh that she felt comfortable coming to you um that's something i haven't really like thought of but because like as a young person and i think i'm sure now it's just infinitely more accessible with the yes. internet but i had a friend um when i was younger who was definitely i think she's a year younger than me and she definitely was sexually active before me and she had a woman that she worked with who wasn't on birth control get her the pills for herself because she was afraid to tell her parents. And I think eventually her parents did find out and it was a really big deal. Yeah. And so it's like young people trying, because of course that's what we're afraid of, right? We're afraid of our teen becoming pregnant or getting someone pregnant and changing their entire lives. I think we're also uncomfortable with the idea that sex is sex because it's super intimate and it is, it's, it's something that is, I, I think people feel uncomfortable. So I think parents sometimes are very selfish in that, well, yeah, I don't want my daughter to get pregnant, yeah. but I don't want you to have sex. My thing is, is are you ready to have sex? Do you understand the, do you understand the, the nature of sex? For men and women, it could be different. I'm not saying it is because I don't have an empirical knowledge to that, but I do believe that the impact can feel different. I know that when I started having sex, it was earlier than my mom had wanted obviously. And it, it, it created some shame, even though she didn't want it to. Um, she was worried that that was somehow a reflection of her parenting. Mm -hmm. She was worried that I could get someone pregnant. That was part of it. But I think that she, we believed that if we avoid the conversation, then it's not going to happen, which is untrue. We have a biological 
need, a desire to procreate. Sex is procreation. It's supposed to feel good. Biologically, we need it to. Mm -hmm. So people want to do it. And so the fact that they're feeling this way and they then we don't let them we don't let them talk about it or help them understand that just because you have an urge to do something doesn't mean you're ready but you will know when you're ready if you've empowered them to know their themselves and is that going to keep them from being hurt is that going to keep them from feeling uh shame about it no but at least it opens up the conversation to them to say enjoy it have fun with it grow into this um so that they don't have to spend you know i think a lot of girls and boys uh, I wasn't ready and I know I did it and it was weird and awkward and strange and I knew I wasn't ready and then I didn't do it for about another year. I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't and then when I finally, finally did it again and I was finally more ready and I was uh, more in tune with myself and the, my partner and um, you know, I, I think that if we don't talk about things that they don't just go away. So let's embrace them so that you don't you don't get screwed up sexually because you have to hide things or you don't get pregnant because you don't have access to birth control. Let's get you on birth control when you think that's going to be when there's an opportunity that this could happen. That's what smart people do. They, they, they hope, you know, they, that you hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. And that's, I think I've been lucky enough to have that sort of mindset for parenting about a lot of things. And it seems to have worked so far. Yeah. Um, but everybody's different and I'm experiencing that right now with my oldest and my middle daughter. And so, but Hey, sex is sexy. This just wasn't about poop. We also talked about yeah, sex. poop and sex, right? man, we are giving people what they yeah, want. This is what you want. Yeah. But I think everybody that's listening can, can appreciate that. I don't want to know about my daughter's sex life, no. but I do want her to be happy sexually. Yeah. And that's something that's kind of weird to say. It feels a little like uh-huh. icky. But I really do want her to have a, a fulfilled life. I want her to to travel. I want her to learn. I want her to eat great food. And I want her to have great sex. Because those are the things in life that differentiate, at least for me, between living and and existing. I well, want to live. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think we can all agree as adults, you obviously got married relatively young. High school sweetheart. Me, not as much. Um. I think that most people, well, most, you know, religious people, obviously not, but uh, agree that, like, it's healthy for a young person to experience sex with a variety of partners before they commit to one. I agree. And so, if we're thinking, like, I mean, there's just a timeline, right? There's only so many years. So, if, like, late teens, early 20s is kind of like that time of life that people should be doing that i'm encouraging them to experience things yeah because what i want them to do is i think that we you know sometimes young people make what other people consider to be mistakes and so i've made a mistake because i had sex with jimmy and now jimmy and i are going to get married because Mm. you know what i said that i would marry the person that i had sex with and i want to honor my my god and i don't think that that's what your god said at all and i think what i want is i want I want children to find happiness and I want them to find joy in their life. And by telling them somehow that, well, you've had sex, you've, you've somehow changed yourself. Although, wait a minute, I just had sex last night yeah. because I like sex and sex is healthy for me. Now other people, they, they, they don't like that or that's not about them. But I think that when we're as parents, I just wanted them to be very, very conscious 
and to the degree that they're like oh dad don't talk about this again you know like uncomfortable topics yeah um and 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 now i think that they're a little bit older and as they continue to get older the things that were maybe taboo in other homes we're very out with so they feel comfortable saying you know i i you know i think this is going to happen or you know making little jokes about things that draw us together anyways so they're there but it is weird i mean yeah but i do think at the end of the day i think honestly a lot of parents it's not necessarily about the pregnancy it's about the fear that their children are going to be taken advantage of or that they're themselves uncomfortable with the idea of sex and so i don't want my kids to be a part of sex you know and you're getting blown up over there you and me both i'm sure yeah Yeah, i know this guy wants to know if we're gonna make an offer on this house you gotta make the offer they're gonna make the offer they're just slow just slow that's fine you can't control them i'm like they'll lose out enough I got a, I got all these people that are like, are you coming? Are you here? Um, oh, but see, but I don't think anyone's expecting me anywhere. I even until three thirty when I made a gym pact with my husband. Yeah, I remember um, as a young girl, uh, my father, whom I am not very close with, and at that time I was, uh, you know, it was it was complicated. But I remember him saying to me one day. Yes, your mother and I are expecting your period any day now. <laughs> and I, like, can truly feel how uncomfortable and how much I wanted to die in that yes. moment of just, like, ah, oh, my dad's talking. That was probably, <laughs> I might have to cut that out. It's it's pretty loud. That was loud. Um, I have to, my dad's talking about my period. Yes. Like, oh, gross and now it's like there are these companies where you can literally like send a first period pack yes. to your daughter just to have it ready when she when she's ready so she doesn't have to feel uncomfortable and, yes. she and it's like of course of course that's a better way than just like this weird shameful thing and yes. like when i was young it was like oh well you're you're a young person so you better start out with pads because the, <laughs> yeah. these diaper things that you have to wear and are comfortable and like might leak like you might just like bleed all over your pants anyway like oh yeah that seems awesome or and now it's like there's the underwear there's the yes there's like so many options and it's just we we talked about that at home i mean again there are moments in our conversation that i'll be really honest that i do not i i i it's not that i'm uncomfortable i don't want them to be uncomfortable i'm not a woman obviously And I've, I've never had my period. Um, really? Yeah. Although I will say I definitely have swings in my emotions yeah. that well, seem to... Well, you pooped tr- your pants enough that you yeah, can understand seriously? a public like, embarrassment. Of- I'd die for a pad sometimes. Yeah. Um, but but it, that was the question is that like... And, and, and there were a lot of questions from... It's interesting to me that, that fathers sometimes or men ha- can, can believe they have some kind of say over... Yeah. Like, I don't want my daughters using tampons. Okay, do you, do you get your period? No, I didn't think so. Do you have to clean it up? I didn't think so. Um, there are instances or, or idiosyncrasies of things that I will say that do affect me. So uh, laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, laundry with your uh, 17-year-old or 18-year-old now and 14, almost 15-year-old daughter, their underwear. Yeah. Oh, ooh, yeah. So uh, their mother, my wife, has done their, um, for most of everybody's lives, she's always done the, 
the laundry. Well, she when she broke her leg, she couldn't get downstairs. So we had to start doing it. And immediately, I think they thought that I was going to naturally just pick it up and start doing it, uh-huh. um, which I will be honest, I haven't done a whole lot of laundry in my life. But we're in the midst of all of this. And one of the days I'm like, all right, I've, I've got to do this. I've got to pick up the slack because nobody else is going to do it. And I go downstairs and I start to sort laundry as I've as I imagine sorting laundry works and, and they've got their, you know, they've got their leggings or whatever yoga pants and, um, and, and there's a thong in them, except how do you pull a thong out of leggings? You reach in, you, I, I, nope, I'm done. Went upstairs and I'm like, here's the deal. You guys can start doing your own laundry or we're going to go to Walmart right now. And we're going to get Hanes Herway's full ass (laughs) underwear with no lace on them. And I'm going to feel better about touching your underwear, which I still didn't or wouldn't, but it's better than these sexy thongs that I'm like, why is my 15, 14 year old wearing these? Why is any, why, why, why you only have these types of underwear if people are going to see them. And then my daughter's like, no dad, I I like it. I like those underwear or, or, um, I don't want boys to say my underwear line. And I'm like, yeah. uh, either way, it's still gross, but you're going to do your own laundry if you're going to wear those. And that's the truth. It, I, I, it's funny. Cause I, I totally see both sides of this. Uh, I am not a teen, nor do I have one, but <laughs> I am aware that the young girls wear a lot of leggings these days. And as an adult lady who was also wearing a lot of leggings these days for fully different purposes, uh, yeah, you how embarrassing yeah. if you just have some like very visible underwear line. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also, and I, I'll go on record, come at me because I've had this conversation with lots of people. Different body shapes and different ass shapes lend themselves to different <laughs> underwear. I have a yes. large ass, and it they don't make underwear to fit my ass okay so it it just doesn't work i prefer a thong it has nothing to do with my husband i actually had i dated a guy once i hope he listens to this what a fucking asshole (laughs) who was just like you know i really don't like thongs and i was like oh oh okay oh oh oh." i i didn't know that i existed solely to wear solely to what what you want exactly i like those little like boy shorts i was like okay that doesn't they don't that doesn't fit my body that doesn't work i'm not no this isn't for you and you know of course there's like lingerie and things that are for somebody but like just your day-to-day underwear but let's even be honest about lingerie lingerie is it seems like a seems like a speed bump in the transaction oh my gosh have you (laughs) you're not like i i guess there's men's lingerie silky (sighs) You're just you're just glad that he's showered and doesn't stink and maybe decided to put on some cologne and deodorant. I I mean, yeah, the whole the whole premise of it that like you're going to like somehow excuse yourself. Yes. To like (laughs) you because you can't just put it on in front of them. That's not like that's not how it works. So like you're going to sexually excuse yourself or like somehow have like a jacket and just like. Yeah, it's going to open. Expose yourself. Let me go slip into something yeah. more comfortable which is not comfortable at all no and um and a lot of money also yes. very expensive very again expensive it's stuff. a speed bump yeah. in 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 where we're all trying to go yeah. men's underwear I, I i i think that the underwear conversation is funny i just had this the other night that um i don't know anybody or have seen whitey tighties in forever yeah that seems out it it it, it does and 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 it's so interesting 
um, boxer briefs. They have sure. the right amount of support. And if somebody said, I want you to wear something different, I would say, you don't have to wear them. Like, like, like yeah. And really, do you wear, do you care what the underwear are? Isn't it, isn't, isn't it beyond that, that we're trying to get to? What I will say, and I just recently had this conversation with my friend, is that I am permanently scarred by seeing my father and uncles in tidy whities yes. as a child. Why? Why? Why was this ever horrific? Cont- oh, horrific! I was at uh, my friend who I was talking about this. I was at her family cabin a couple of years ago. Beautiful, middle of nowhere, and I had my dog, and my dog is this giant Great Dane, and he was just like causing so much trouble and i'd been like because he didn't he was so excited by this house and there were like no doors and gates and so he's like running around and i'm trying to like get a handle on him and finally i'm like he lays down for a second so i like kind of fall asleep on the couch in the living room of this this cabin and i hear someone up someone moving about i'm like okay my peak and it's her uncle so now it's oh. not even my no. uncle. And this was this was just a couple of years ago. Her uncle, just in full tidy whitey. Yes. No no shirt, no socks. We are just naked except <laughs> for the tidy whiteies. This, this little amount of fabric covering this. Yeah. Yes. And I don't know this man. I've never met him in person. And I'm like, th- my only thought is, does he know I'm here? Does he think that he is alone? Yes. He in, does. He in, has to. Oh, no. Because now, now, because I'm on the couch and the dog's on the couch and now like the dog's starting yes. to move and I'm like, oh no, the dog's going to give away my location that I'm here and he's going to be so embarrassed. No, not at all. This man, I now know, this is, this is standard operating procedure for him. He gets up in the morning, tidy whities makes some coffee, and then he goes and jumps in the lake off the dock in the tidy whities and then goes back inside and gets dressed for the day. So this is just hanging out, man. Hang, literally. It is so scarring. I don't know why this feels appropriate to men of a certain age, but it's not. I, so I was to just going to say. It's not. I 100% believe that men of a certain age get to a certain point and they go, you know what? I just don't care anymore that you might see me in a slightly compromised uh, uh, lack of clothing or whatever. It happens at the gym all the time. And, and there's there's a million podcast stories about guys at the gym and older guys just walking around just just nuts out. And, and wow. I'm like, I'm still of that age where I go from the shower with a towel wrapped around me to the bench, slide on the underwear as soon as I can get it on, just so that the whole world isn't staring at my my bits and pieces. And and it, it is it's like certain men just don't. It, it, you, they, they're like, well, I don't really care. Now, my daughters would probably say that I, pr- like, I, I sleep just in under, just in sure. like boxer briefs, um, and so on more than one occasion, I'm sure that they've encountered that, uh-huh. um, because it's a pretty open house in general. Um, they've come into the bathroom when I've been in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and it's always like, hey, I'm here or whatever. But they've no doubt seen things that they sure. probably don't want to see. Um, I one time was at the home alone and or thought I was home alone and um, I had gotten out of the shower and instead of putting on clothes right away, any clothes right away, I walked out and I like started eating cookies in the kitchen 
while I'm like surfing Instagram or something. And my daughter comes down, my youngest, and she's like, dad. And I was mortified. She's more forever. If Samantha listens to this, she will remember the moment as will I of her dad facing away from her, like eating cookies and just all of my, and and so I now know that um, being naked in in any sense of the word, even when you expect to be alone with a house with uh, other people in it, you should put more clothes on for them, not for you. No, exactly. It's not about you. It's it's for them. My husband really has been pushing it. He's really been, (laughs) he's really been pushing the boundaries of how naked you should be in your house because he like, he like has come to see clothes as like things you put on for other, other people, people outside of the house. Yep. But within the house, that's that's. Yep. And he, I mean, he's like doing dishes. He's <laughs> like he's just like cleaning and getting down. I'm like, oh, you know, leave leave some mystery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna try to keep this relationship here going. Yeah. We just we're just gonna we're gonna. We're going to hide that. If I walked in on my husband eating cookies yeah. naked in the kitchen, I would be upset. <laughs> See? <laughs> I would be upset. See, I, I, I guess I, I I feel the same way. Like, I, I don't want to see... I think that you don't want to see anybody naked that you don't want to see naked. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that uh, everybody's just more comfortable when everybody's got clothes on. Yeah, I it, think at it least for helps. the people around you, right? Yeah. But I will say, being naked alone. So when I I travel quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I love being in hotel rooms where there's no one else, mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about anybody opening the door, or and I can just, um, you know, I, I can just be free and and open, and um, yeah, yeah. I I recently stayed at a Westin, which shout out to the Denver Westin. I'm sure they're all avid listeners. I truly had the like loveliest experience I've ever had at a hotel. The customer service there was just fantastic. I love that. I felt I felt like I was living in luxury. Yes. I loved the system that they had for the valet with the the app. I loved it was like it was just very like stre- their whole process is like streamlined and digitized and everyone was great. Um and my friend and I were just like we were just lounging in the ropes. We were just like, oh, and and we got upgraded to this beautiful room that had a a view of like the Union Depot and the mountains, and yep. it was it's like oh, that's a relief. Yes, that's, like I don't want to go anywhere. No. I'm old. Like I want to go out to a bar, no. or a club. I just want to get this robe on and drink a little bit of wine and yeah. just sit in here more more than a little bit you know more, yeah, right watch family feud that oh mm. yeah i forgot about my third oh, show that i watched. I do love family feud it's so good i could watch hours and hours of the family feud it's compelling steve harvey yes oh my gosh his deadpan delivery on certain things is just killer if we're talking dream podcast guests yep steve harvey so is that like, do we create a hashtag, get Steve Harvey on the podcast? Uh, yeah. How do we do this? A, I mean, a grassroots swelling of uh, yes. Steve Harvey. Because Steve, oh, Steve is so deep too. Steve loves to talk about the deep po- topics. So you, you, you watch him on, on different social media outlets and you watch, you know, the funny Steve Harvey. Yeah. And then you watch him talking in different communities and different things he's saying. Yeah. And he, you're absolutely right. He he's is. Great. He's a, he's he's one of those he's kind of like that Ryan Seacrest in that 
he's a, a jack of a lot of different things entertainment wise uh-huh. but also just communicative right he's just really really like he gets it and he'll act whatever he needs to act on the show but he's so much more than just that act yeah no he i think he is he's a a deep soulful man who i so i some of my friends and i have a very n- notable love of of steve harvey we it's not <clears throat> it's not a secret and uh, recently one of my friends and her husband was just casually casually this last summer was like oh yeah i've met steve harvey it's like oh what, oh. what? <laughs> uh, you just you've just been <laughs> keeping this info <laughs> right. secret right uh and he because he used to work at the airport like i did and yep. he, he met him while he was working at the airport he's oh, nice guy we sat and talked <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. i'm like oh, wow wow yeah. you're just now revealing thanks for holding this back. your steve harvey connection yeah but yeah hashtag oh we gotta think of something we gotta come up yeah, with a, yeah, yeah, with yeah. a really good uh, hashtag for when we post this and uh i tried to get fancy ray on did you i i did <laughs> It was a hard pass. No. Yeah, hard pass. No. Uh, my friend made a seed art of him this year for the fair, and through that process, he like had contacted her back and forth, and they had talked, and like so, I, I like, I sort of like weirdly felt like I had this in. Yes. Uh, and and it made me realize that he's very accessible. Yes. Uh, he's he's very accessible. He answers his own Facebook messages. Yep. And so I sent him a message, and I said, look. Uh, I got this podcast and I would and I kind of like name dropped the friend somehow like yeah, feeling yeah. like that was going to really it's gonna get tr- me in there create some some uh, connection and uh, I was like look I can come to you 45 minutes of your time just like yeah let, let's do it you love self-promotion and he's like oh hey Erica thank you so much for reaching out can you like send me a link to your podcast and so I like sent him a link to the trailer or I think I like attached the trailer as a file, and then I sent him a link like you can yeah. you can listen here and uh, no response. No, there was a response. It was hey, cool. I'll listen to this, and then and then and then <laughs> crickets. and then nothing. So uh, it seems clear to me that he listened and uh, thought like, no, no thanks, not not for fancy. You know, it's, I think the podcast platform for, for this, I think, um, you know, it's like a lot of other things. I, I, I think you, some people are, you know, I have a brand to be, you yeah. know, aware of or Fancy Ray's brand. Yeah. Right. His person, his own personal brand. Um, but I think that it's, I think it's, I think it's fun. I think the, the medium for this, um, as I said, even if nobody listened, I, I've, just it had this incredible time of talking about real things but talking about them in a way that's that's shareable for people and that what you're really hoping for is that somebody got a laugh out of this somebody went i shit my pants too um yeah i've often wondered why my baby boy gets a baby boner and i'm uncomfortable googling it because well nobody wants to google baby boner yeah <laughs> it seems like a way to end up in jail maybe it does but but I think that that's what's funny about all of it is that we all come back to these commonalities that we all really do have that we don't talk about. And podcasting allows you to reveal yourself in a really reveal yourself. Maybe we won't use that word. Um, it But it does. It allows you to it, it allows you to really just express something that you might not express yeah. if we were sitting at 
Perkins right now. And it's intimate. You start to feel like the people are your friends, yes. right? Yes. So my husband, <laughs> don't don't be surprised if you get a message. Uh, how do I? I don't want to like throw him under the bus. He really. He he gets in these moods when he like feels close to someone where he like feels like he has to reach out and like yes. tell them and and so sometimes if if you're friends with him you'll get these like very heartfelt text messages yes. from and and you'll kind of be like why is he what thanks but where is this coming because like he just gets in these moods where he's just like very uh, feeling like very emotionally sensitive and wants yeah. to like let the people in his life really know and so he's messaged um possibly all of my a lot of my po- uh, podcast guests and been like wow you seem like a really cool person I just want to tell you like I really thought your conversation was great and you're like really interesting and like and he oh, like that is incredible. reaches out and like because I think you do there's an intimacy and you feel like these people are your friends, right? Yeah. Which if you're actually famous and have lots of listeners is, is problematic, right? Because yeah. like these people feel like they know all these things yes. about your life and you're kind of like, yeah. And that's okay, what I share because cool. I'm, I'm yeah. open to the world. I've heard that about, um, you know, I've, I've, I worked, uh, I did some different things in the radio business at one point And, um, I've also, um, met and talked to some of the radio personalities here in the Twin Cities, like Dave Ryan, and uh-huh. you know, you you're like, oh, you're name dropping now. Oh yeah, hey Dave, how are you? Dave Ryan, do you know uh, Tony Fly as well? Yes, back in the <laughs> <Really>? day, <laughs> Tony Fly. Oh my goodness, but but I think that you really do become, uh, you really do feel like you know them. I, fe- yeah. I think the same thing happens in the shows that you love the most, mm-hmm. is that they become a part of who you are, but in reality, they're not. Uh, like they they may be the person that they that they're acting like or they may be the person they are on the radio but you don't know them but i like the fact that your husband's pouring gratitude into people because i feel like i try to do the same thing mm-hmm. with people that i really care about people not even people that i really like are close to but like sometimes to say to somebody you know like the podcast that i was talking about earlier uh, middle of somewhere it was so it's such a great like it's it provides me like this levity from everything else, this respite from stress. And I go into it and sometimes it's incredible. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's meh. But, but every single time I come away with an appreciation that they do this because I'm experiencing a moment of sometimes I laugh so much during the, the podcast that my cheeks hurt. And it's like that, I, I couldn't get that from a TV show or even a radio program because this allows us a platform 